Okay, guys, show's over. Fez making his return. A lot of people saying, you know, we said you had a little family medical thing, so a lot of well-wishers back. Thank you to everyone, and my mom is on her way to recovery. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely. Okay, we got a coupon for you. We're going to keep this one simple. Streak 50. That's $50 off, one use only through Monday. Now, how do you spell streak? Yeah, S-T-R-E-A-K, 50, five, zero. That's simple. Well, can you get anything? And you also have the early bird season access discounts are still available, but it's ending soon. And you get it for $8.75, you get 50 off that. But here's the thing. Additionally, you get 50 bulk dollars. What do you use bulk dollars for? Think of it like two picks, any pick you want, or group of picks. You can get five picks sometimes. But what I would do, I like games of the year. I can't lie. When a handicapper says, let's say you don't get AJ's season. But when he says, of all the games I've seen this year, I like this one best. I want to know that game. At minimum, I don't want to bet against that game. Well, you've got two games of the year pretty much with your bulk dollars. You can reach out and grab at any time. That to me is a little bonus because when you lock into one handicapper, you, lo- you get a great discount but you don't get the variety of all the handicappers. With the bulk dollars, you do an extra 50, plus you're saving 50 with streak 50, but it's not 50-50. It's better. At least 52.38, Fez. (laughs) One would hope so. At least. Uh, 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 The show, good. Fez, I think B minus, C plus maybe. Yeah, I'm coming off the DL. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But I'll tell you this. Scott and AJ, a lot of talking, but they each had a point that was goal. I think you, I think, who was getting, the, yo, you were saying he was supposed to get the dream. No, side and uh, total. So I think there was two, I think there was two you had that were monsters and you had a monster. I mean, there were three tidbits that Fez and I solo would not have had that I think were instrumental. The rest of it, can you forward pass? I don't know. You decide. Hmm. What do you think, AJ? I, I'm glad that I had one of those tidbits. But the college part, how'd you guys do last week on the on the contest? Three and five. We came back to the pack after our strong week one. We had to make some last minute changes and getting on the right side of three was being on the wrong side of three. Some some CLV worked against us this So week. you're nine and seven. Nine and seven. Nine and seven, yeah. Eleven and seven or nine and seven? Nine and seven. Okay. You can tell we're not hiding anything. No. Nope. On to the show. NFL week three. We got the wise guy roundtable, full house. To my far right, AJ Hoffman. Kind of to my right, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest winner on earth ever. To my left, Scott Seidenberg. Where's he from? Well... If you bet more totals, it wouldn't be Seidenberg. <laughs> be Totalberg. <laughs> oh, that was bad. You should, uh, should I, I will just let see that myself go. out. <laughs> and I'm RJ Bow. Let's get to it. We got a lot of good info here. This is going to be kind of a McKenzie all-star show. I got to tell you, Quantum Leap, boys and gals, you four gals out there, I'm telling you, <laughs> is the amount of content... Yeah, I have a little something to do with it, but he is the MVP of the show. Well, MVP of the pre-show. Now, the way, Mackenzie, the way to stay MVP, 
say very little for the show, and you're just going to coast. Sit on your laurels. Sit on your lead. That was the plan. All right. Let's do it fast. Oh, now, right off the go, we got multiple crossfires. Somehow, some way, the first best bet, which goes to Fez, the honors, AJ says, I'm going exactly the other way with my five. Now, me, unbeknownst that we don't know each other's picks, unbeknownst, I got a one against <laughs> Fez. But then I looked at him, and what did I say, Fez? <laughs> oh, give the pick first. All right, Arizona Cardinals. Plus three and a half, my best bet. Okay, and what was the f- when I heard you had that? What was my first word? Veto, <laughs> which is code for he's got a syndicate l- little tip coming because there's no reason you're playing Arizona. And, and this is not veto as in you know no. This yeah. is veto as in V I D O. Veto Corleone. Yes. Uh, now, now one thing to think about is there's no reason to. I mean, this is going to be fascinating when it comes in. Because if you look at Arizona, how bad can you get? You know, let's st- start with McKenzie's point, and I'll let you do the handicap. But he found something so fascinating. Check this. It could scare you if it wasn't for Vito, Fez. If you look at Arizona's defense, EPA, all right, expected points added, and you say no filter, meaning every play counts. And then in the next one, you say... filter, which means the top, whenever a team is supposed to be winning by 90% or more, where their likelihood to win the game, we eliminate those plays as garbage. Between those two, this is amazing. Mackenzie, you want to explain exactly how this delta works? Sure. So the sum of all the deltas, 31 slots worse, it really shows up all on. So you're saying the delta, so you're saying it's minus 19. Um, on offense, yeah, minus EPA. 11 on success rate, and then the defense is just bad. It's 32 and 31 no matter what. Exactly. All right. So just I guess the way to focus is on the offense. The offense with the 90% filter, say no garbage time, is the 31st offense. With no garbage time, 12th. Hmm. And on uh, success rate is 24th versus 13th. So, hmm. Guys, go ahead. I, I always start with power ratings. That's my starting point for every handicap. And I have Rams two points better than an average team. I think I'm two points better. Wow. You know, I don't. Who, who's right around them? Yeah, I don't think I'm on an island. I think everyone, most people agree. See, this is all narrative. No, nah, I, 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 Chargers are two and a half. Baltimore's two and a half. Miami's two. Rams are two. Okay. Who's above two? Uh, Philly's three. Okay. Green Bay's three and a half. I think most people would say, you know, I, Philly, Philly's. Yeah, I agree. So, I, so I, I'm not. I, I mean, first of all, we don't know how good Philly is because they've looked amazing the last two. I mean, if you look at EPA, they're number one in offense in oh, the entire league. No, no doubt. So I, I, I'm confident. I'm, my number's not off because of the but Rams. That's it. That's, uh, Tampa's above. I mean, there's like five teams above two. Though. I've got Tampa four, San Fran four and a half. I'm on Ooh. a little island there. Oh, Kansas well, we City. We know you love Jimmy J. Kansas City six and get this, Buffalo nine. Okay. But you're saying literally then the Rams are like the sixth best team. At tenth, actually. Tied well, for ninth. Tied for ninth. Well, who's right above them? Miami. Oh, come on. You don't really believe that, do you? Well, they're equal. I got them both at two. Someone's so, got to... So how could they be above it? So they're the, they're the ninth best team, yes. So my point is, they're not amongst the very best teams, but it feels like you got them too far back. So, so who's it even? At, like a zero? Yeah. Denver. Okay. So you think the Rams would only be minus two... 
in a neutral against Denver. Yeah. And who else is even? Vegas. Oh, the Rams would be more than minus two against Vegas. On a neutral? Yeah, I think I so. I think you're overreacting to the Rams just getting smashed so. by the Bills. I think so. I think. And, and the fact that they, if you saw that game last week, they were in complete control of the game. It's a very interesting game. I agree. They were in control, but a big part of that is 14-3. Rams are ahead. It's the end of the first half. Atlanta's driving. Should be 14-6 to six at half. Boom. Pick six. 80-yard pick six. It's 21-3-0. The Rams are dominating. They crushed them. Well, they really didn't crush them. They just, that one play was a 10-point swing at the end of the first half. And that's why it had the appearance of a complete and utter domination most of the game for the Rams. Well, here's the beauty of it. We have like 20 different ways to generate where the score should have been now. Again, McKenzie. And we've got it where they should have won by 9.1 points. So if, they, if you win by nine points, you win, you win the game pretty handily. Right? Land 10. Met expectations. Yeah, yeah but, the, but so that's fine. So the point I'm making is... Well, here's the thing. No, that's not fair to say because what we do is always going to crunch scores mm -hmm. because if you're taking out any big play, who's going to make more big plays? The better team, right? right. So in general, there's going to be probably 35% of these are going to cover the big numbers. So I think if it's within one like that, it's probably better than 50% because we're crushing the results by saying, let's uh, diminish that turnover let's or let's uh, decrease this kickoff return or whatever else it is. Hmm. Right? That makes sense, right? It does make so sense. So if you just look at it in yards, I, you know, if you look at yards per play, right, which is your favorite or one of your favorites, we've got um, – well, that's interesting. Rams should only won by three based upon. So the yardage stats don't do them any favors. But they were up 21-3. So we would expect that it, let's assume it's halftime. It's 21-3 and mm -hmm. say, do I want to bet the Rams are going to win yards per play second half? Hell no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess my point is if there wasn't the Stafford narrative and there wasn't the Bills demolition in front of the world, you had one loss, one bad game, and a, a, a comfortable cover. How much do you down? How much have you downgraded the Rams? Point and a half. And what? You're, you're, from when? From from when they got their ass kicked completely at home against Buffalo? Destroyed. I've never heard you. How often do you make a point and a half move? I make up to two points. I've never seen you make a two. No, you'll make a two point if there's injuries or something, but not just for the team. No, I, I like I just downgraded Tennessee too. I downgraded right. uh, Indy too. Okay, that seems major. Upgraded Dallas too. You know, most people don't move that much. He's just going to go around downgrading the hell out of everybody the week after they play Buffalo. So oh, Miami, well, uh, Miami's well, about to be negative six. Now, this is a, a really good point by AJ. The fact that Buffalo, so I, so I updated my numbers, right? Uh -huh. And then Monday night comes around. Well, I've already finished with, I've already finished with my power rating for the Rams, so I don't need to adjust it. Or do I after Buffalo yeah, destroys Tennessee? So, given that the strength of schedule for the Rams just shot through the roof because Buffalo – have you seen what Buffalo's doing in the markets? Buffalo's like 3-1 to one in some books now. It's yeah. almost like the Rams. You might want to bet. Now, I tell you this, they look a lot better than the Rams did a couple years ago. Yeah, so when the, you Rams, the Rams were started 4-0, and and I was like – it was like 3-1. to one. I was making a case for the Rams. And, <laughs> and, and RJ busted my balls on that. And then it, it's true the number got worse. They did go to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Apparently, they were talking about <laughs> Belichick, uh, some other thing with his you know genius, is apparently he knew what plays the Rams were going to call based upon where McVay stood on the sidelines. That's hilarious. Like there's something where if it's going to be a pass play, he's in a – 
one position. He's six yards away from the line of scrimmage. Or some, the yeah, one it, play, it, he's, one, he's on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Ernie but, Adams, baby. But this, this might be a rounding error. Maybe I'm slightly low on the Rams, but I'm convinced. I'm, right, so what's your mar- what's your power rating say? My power rating says a four point difference on a neutral. Okay. All right. So obviously we're going through the three. So now we, I, I would make the game like two point nine. Mm-hmm. The the number that. I'm worried about is my Arizona power rating, but I've got Arizona as a minus two. How much have you downgraded them since the start of the season? Two points. Wait, so you've downgraded the Rams almost as much as Arizona? Yes. That's insane. That is insane. Well, look at the strength of schedule for Arizona. They had to play Kansas City, uh-huh. and they had to play— But, but the- it's not only—strength of schedule might be worth, I mean, in a given game— Kansas City is what? So if they were to play— what, Six. All right. So take six points off of that score, and and sure. it still is horrible, right? Sure. So I, I, I don't— Well, and also, what was, their, what was their number one question about Arizona coming into the season? I'll tell you what my number one question was. Is Kyler Murray going to be willing to put his body on the line and run but, the ball? But he was only at the end when—, it, when it's Was he all the other seven quarters before that? Well, the fact that they're down— 16 in the fourth quarter. If ever there's a time to say, all right, let's make a business decision. This isn't our day. No, that's the time was, to try to redeem the season. Mm, he was, he, I mean, he, he, well, I don't see any reason why he's not going to keep doing that this week. Before the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, so there's 120 minutes. Did that game go into overtime? So I guess yes, it, was it did. Yeah. More than 120 minutes of action in two games. For the first uh, 110 minutes, Arizona, no point had better than a 30% chance to win any game they were in. Not for a moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is what you see with the Jacksonville. Like, the worst team in the league, you see these kind of chart. In fact, I, looking at it, looking at it, there's not one team that has nearly that bad of a chart. Oh, I, I believe, because at the end of the third quarter, Arizona literally— Oh, well, I guess oh, the, the Jets, Jets, the Jets yeah. do. So Arizona has a 0% chance That's to beat it. Kansas City, and they have like a 1% chance to beat the Raiders. So, so that, <laughs> Literally, it's that bad. Yeah, But it's been the whole game, because you, sometimes you got to be tied 7-7 seven, seven sure. or something. and it was no fluke. They got their butts kicked in both games. Why don't you say this? You don't like it either. You would have never picked it, but Vito picked it, and Vito wins. No, no, because my I, I, I brought Arizona down to points. Is it, are you, you just said, Fez, you, would, would this have been your pick of you, for Vito? No, but this, this, yes, because this was my what? early, this was, this was an early release that I gave out. Because you heard about Vito early. I check with my sources <laughs> as well. And, and the bottom line is it, it's the fact that Murray's wanted to run. It's a totally different offense right. when he's well, selling not, out his then body. The, then why don't we play the over for his rushing yards? We should. All is right. that up yet, McKenzie? Can you look? Well, thank, thank you, MVP. I like that as a proxy for MVP. McKenzie, very How's it go? Powerful. Yeah, something. I don't Machinations. Know. <laughs> if um, if Arizona, if, if if Murray doesn't go over his rush yards, I want no part of this bet. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'd rather yes. play that. Twenty six and a half. Over under. Twenty six and a half. What did he get last game? He ran eighty six yards on one no, play. One play. <laughs> <laughs> on a two point I don't think they count on this. <laughs> no. no, but actually, if you don't mind, McKenzie, see what he was in game one and two. Let's just. I mean, I bet it went up three three yards. I bet that's it. Is my guess. Mm. Gonna have to play it. All right, AJ, continue making your point against. Yeah, I think if Arizona doesn't pull off that fourth quarter comeback, we're just talking about this season already falling off the rails, which a lot of people thought it would when DeAndre Hopkins was out. uh, The Cardinals grade dead last in coverage per PFF. Uh, So coverage. Okay, and th- th- but is that really the Rams? That matters against the Rams because yeah. now you got to cover Cooper Cup, you got to cover Allen Robinson. Uh, and they played better in week two. And How many yards did he get? Did did we know? 
And I know he was a B. He got one catch week one. Yeah, but he, week two was better. Yeah. I, I don't have the exact stats. Go ahead, Asia. And, and they were 22nd in pass rush, which is good. We know right now the Rams' offense, the weak link is the offensive mm. line. Arizona's not really built to. Did Watt play last week? Yes. Okay, but he, he didn't do well. I don't know. Okay. Only the Jets are worse in defensive DVOA than the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. This, I agree with that. And, you know, you talked about the offense and how bad it is not in guard. The offense is Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. There is no other offense besides Kyler well, it's Murray. Kyler it's Kyler Murray in those 10 minutes. That, yeah, those 10 minutes of Kyler Murray is the entirety of the offense. They are dead last in third down conversions, 24%. And then you, we talked about this last year. Sean McVay absolutely owns Kingsbury. McVay, Let's look at that. Give us the numbers. On McVay that. is six and one straight up, five one and one ATS, an average cover margin of nine points per game overall. Since McVay got to the Rams, they are ten and one straight up, nine one and one ATS against Arizona. Yeah, but we're more worried. I mean, until Murray and and Kingsbury got there, which was the same time. So the five one and one is yeah. the, is yeah, the number. That is troubling. Mm-hmm. Tovito, that is troubling. It. Now. I'm going to pose the following. What was the summer line in this? All right. Now you're going to say, let's see here. We got the Rams. It was minus two in the summer. So, so that really follows with what I'm saying is the market has downgraded Arizona significantly more than the Rams. Right? Yes. Because you're going from two to three and a half. Yes. Right. Okay. And but, clearly that's not the Rams' stellar performance here to no, date that's causing I, any of that. I mean, the Rams, no one's going to argue the Rams have done have underachieved versus expectations. But wouldn't you make the case that seeing Buffalo in week two, that maybe the Rams didn't play so bad? Because, I mean, the game was tied at halftime, right? I mean, that's a pretty good and, – and you know Stafford, to whatever degree he was going to be rusty, the third game out, it's not going to be near as much as game one. So we don't downgrade him as much. We still downgrade him. Yeah. No, no, I agree. But what I'm saying is I, I think if on one hand you meet expectations, the other one you do poorly but not horribly, it's a one, I think it's maybe a one-point downgrade may, you know, on the season. But you said one and a half? Yes. Eh, if they, they would have lost to Atlanta, they could have at the end. We'd be a lot of they, things can happen. I know, but if, if they had, we'd be downgrading them three. Well, let's, you know, again, we got numbers. And just like if, if the Arizona does. All right, I know it was a miracle. Right. If Atlanta Arizona blocked, doesn't win hold, on hold, a. Hold, uh, hold on, hold on. The fourth quarter win share, pregame.com proprietary stat, 94% on the yeah, run. And Atlanta blocked a punt to get their touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so I let's mean, settle down. Yes. Okay. My closing thought would be this I believe. And this is something I haven't done a lot of till I'm trying to do more of it now. Teams against certain types of teams. There's certain teams that can beat average teams, but they can't beat superior teams, right? So it's kind of a MTI used to do, uh, they grade teams A, B, C, and D, you know, four quadrants of quality. And the question is, how do you do against Ds? How do you do against, no, I guess uh, college football does that now kind of, right? They got those groupings and the, in the uh, they say four Q or something. That's uh, college basketball. Yeah. Co- yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, right. yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Because I, I was doing that for March. Quadrants. Quad one yeah. wins, quad two yeah, wins. Yeah, so think of it like that. Because to me, it's a different game against different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality. I think a good defensive line, a professional defense, Rams are going to have trouble, I think, the whole year. I don't think Arizona has that. They don't. So to me, that lets the Rams get away with their big weakness, which is, I think, O-line. Mm-hmm. So I like them, and I also like the line went down because to me, 
I want to see Arizona get love because of that comeback. Now, let me ask you, given the lines dropped to three and a half, and mm-hmm. that's painted everywhere, no reason to rush to bet this. You, you might get a three, right? Well, it's possible. Here's the thing. It's your belief that the line's going to move in what direction? Down. Okay. So, listen, when Fez gets the nod from Vito, it happens a lot. All right? I mean, 95%, right? Because sometimes don't make a change. Sometimes Vito will let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you're my group. My group's playing back, Fez. So <laughs> you got to get on the Rams. <laughs> so, but that's what what percentage of the time? One eighth. No, it's twelve and a half percent. Yeah. Okay. So I got the screen. <laughs> not thirteen. I, not I got okay. the screen in front of me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm watching things change as we speak. Yeah. But yeah. um, I see uh, a sharp book does have Rams three. Oh, oh which one? Late twenty. Late twenty. It's already one thirty. Uh, oh, that's just that. Yeah, so that, every, that, but, that, they're getting, half, but they're getting ready for it. Well, you know what? You know what? Sometimes pulling back the curtain, what some mm-hmm. what, what some books like to do is they they know that minus three lay thirty is the same as minus three lay ten, minus three and a half lay ten. So what they'll do is they'll say, you know what? We'll move we'll move it a half a point and we'll move it twenty cents. It's the same thing, just because. Yeah, we kind of want to see if somebody's really interested in laying three. You know, because that. So is they, that an indication that? Like they're going to like the market's eventually going to move to three. No, this is like when you played Stratego. They're they're taking their scout, their nine man, and they're just kind of trying to find bombs. Yeah, they're it's just, an they're, 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 they're just trying to. They're, it's exploratory. They're trying to get information from the betters by floating out a three that's not really a three. Let me pose the following: I don't think three is worth twenty anymore. It was. Tw- I agree. Eighteen cents. No, people betting a bookmaker know that, right? They do. So this is really bookmakers saying. We don't want the dog. That's correct. Right? Because you're, you're having to pay 20 cents for 18 cents of value. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're, they're saying we do want the dog because they're giving you a better deal on the dog. You can bet plus three, plus a dollar ten. That's oh, better. I thought, I, wait, the minus 130. It's minus three, minus, three, 30 minus 130. On the favor. Yes. Plus yeah. three, plus a dollar ten. Okay. So they're giving you actually mm. a bargain on the dog. So Vita might be wrong. Yeah. No. Yes. no. That's the point I'm trying to make. No, I don't think. But but, the, but the line's going I'm down. Asking. But the line's going down if Vito's right because they like the dog. Um, how's this sound? I would bet anyone right now big money this line closes if three and a half is a push because it's three and a half painted right. And, and again, that three is 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 more towards like you said. It's it's towards like three point uh, I guess five five right. Because it's an advantage on the yeah, – yeah, yeah. it's a little about – 3.52. Yeah. So I'm saying that, if anything, the market is a little bit yeah. over 3.5 by a smidgy smidge. I'll bet anyone 3.5 pushes, anything below it, I win. Anything above it, they win. I don't think anyone wants it. No. Where, who, where are we going to grade it? No, no, I'm telling you that I'm agreeing with you 100%. <laughs> so why would – right? Yeah. Because I'm saying I'm taking under, so threes – I win. I uh, feel you're right. Okay. Yeah, at yeah, four. Okay. So I'm saying I'm saying I want to bet with you. Just on the line move, yeah, not on the, on the line game. Move. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Because I think Vito's going to get it right 87.5% of the time by your calculations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you do want to bet with Fez, bet quick. All right. And hopefully by Thursday morning it hasn't moved for you guys. I'm personally, I'm not betting it. Meaning, I got the bet with Fez because of the crossfire, but I mean, he's talked me off it because I don't want to buck. V- hey, there's easier ways to make money than bucking Vito. All right. Let me tell you that much. Next game, it's my best bet, and my best bet will be the Atlanta Falcons getting the points against Seattle. 
I got to make a market point for you here. Go ahead. The market has gone crazy in the last 15 minutes. Okay, what is it? It's down to a pick'em. Bookmaker has Atlanta minus one. I figured. That's because we got the cameras all around. I mean, are we doing this a live stream? Like, is that no, that happened right? to you? That happened to these guys in college football. They gave out a play, and literally, like six minutes later, the screen lit up before it was even released. I mean, but this shows you that when I look at it and say that line's wrong, it's only going to last about twenty minutes. AJ, you see this? I see it. I feel like you texted somebody because <laughs> I think this Mackenzie is, did. It was as we were talking. <laughs> the line just compl- uh, the, the screen's. This blinking is like in the movie Rain Man. Remember when Cruz is flipping the cards? You getting this, Raymond? You getting it? All right, let's do it, baby. So here's the rationale. Uh, you know, now it looks good. And again, line moves. You can't eat closing line value, by the way, for lunch. So it doesn't always work. You can if you play back. Well, you got to play back <laughs> enough where you have 20 cents of edge. Right? Um, here's my thinking. It'll, w- this line, I think Seattle's deceiving. That's where I'm going to start. They had a Super Bowl game against uh, Denver. Denver right. And if you look at the second half of that game, they did not touch the other side of the field. They didn't even put their toe, at least their offense didn't, on Denver's side of the field the entire second Took half. Took three knees, punted. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, effectively. So they had a good first half, right? Now, we know Denver's turned out to be a disaster. Now, how good are they? We'll see. But what we know is, like, the idea of uh, scheming for the first game I don't think Hackett's a schemer, right? I think he's trying to figure out when to call timeouts. He's still. a scammer. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. That's true. I mean, maybe, maybe. But I think he thinks he knows what he's doing. I mean, Russell Wilson, who knows how that's going to turn out. But what I know is that was a nice win. But, boy, it was extenuating circumstances. They barely won. Last week was one of the worst. I mean, let's look at the projected score. What should have the score been with Seattle and Oh, that was a situation where it was like 20-some, right? And it was supposed to be just 10, right? Okay. Still, though, But is... a very low-variance game. Like, there was never a chance that, in, that Seattle could, in a zillion years, win that game. They just got dominated in the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was 99% for San Francisco mm-hmm. on the fourth-quarter win share. Mm-hmm. And let's look at Kevin Cole, because he takes out all the lucky plays. And remember, that's going to crush things. He's got Seattle winning by... Uh, I'm sorry, um, San Fran winning by eight in that game. But to me, Seattle's offense was putrid. And I know Geno Smith's stats looked okay, but putrid. I mean, because their one score came off of special teams. Yeah. So if you you get shut out pretty much, you're not good. Now, Atlanta had New Orleans, what, eight, what was it, like 75% fourth quarter win share, McKenzie? Yeah, that's right. So, like, they against a, a Saints team that looked pretty. I, listen, they didn't win, but they they didn't look bad against Tampa to the very end. Yeah. To me, then you look at and you just made the point, Fez. Atlanta played competitively. Now we can debate how competitively. Like we think it was nine, but they didn't embarrass themselves against the Rams. And they they threw that pick six at the end of the first half. So that sandbagged them ten points against a much better team. So a double digit dog gives away ten points. Now that so now they're down twenty versus expectation. The fact that they did have a chance, they was fortunate to have a chance. They're throwing the ball in the end zone on the last play of the game. I agree, and. The Rams were on 10 days rest after a humiliation on home national runs, TV. Home run motivated favorite yeah, to and, kick some ass. And they and at the end of the game, let me see, did they have any chance to win at the end? Uh, 6% chance. I mean, yeah, it's more now, than you. Now, now, one point I want to make, Atlanta being undervalued, and I rarely do this, but the 
at the very end game, if you watch the game against the Saints, mm-hmm. Saints had this spirited comeback. They were mm-hmm. down, you know, 14 or 16. They got it down to, to one or two. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's running out the clock. All right. They have a third and one. Mariota played a great game. All right. Literally on the third and one play, it's going to be a run and it's a slam dunk first down. Mm-hmm. Slam dunk, a wide open drive, a, drive th- a truck through the hole. And Mariota bobbled the ball. And it was like a second delay, and he still almost got the first down. That's the only reason they got stopped. It was a fluky play. So you're saying if they get that first, they probably Game's over. the same? Take a knee, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is that Mariota being Mariota? That's the question. Right? <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say is this. It's been two weeks since we had no data points on the season. What do we know about these two teams? Atlanta's I, been upgraded. I think Atlanta has to be upgraded. And because of that, this line is effectively saying that Atlanta isn't, well, I guess now it's not, but the line that we had entering the show is Atlanta's an equal team and against Seattle. Does anyone think, what's your power rating say? I have Atlanta half a point better. That might be light. How much have you upgraded them? You Uh, have to upgrade them a point and a half. Point and a half. Okay. And so, so you had them below Seattle coming in the year? Yeah, remember Atlanta was the lowest season win number of any team entering the season. They were no, I thought Houston was. They're the four and a half. Both of them were the same. Yeah. Well, then then you got to give Atlanta a, 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 maybe more than a point and a half probably at that so. point. I'm probably so. I'm probably light. And Seattle, I'm probably, you know, I've got them right back where they started. And I'm probably overreacting to the fact that Denver has no idea what they're doing. In uh, yeah. in the end game, what's the home field advantage for Seattle? I know that we rarely say three anymore. Is no, Seattle I, one of the two? I don't. Yeah. I, well, maybe two and a half. I don't think three. And the, now it was cer- certainly three against Russ. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I think this varies, but in general, it's hard to find a home field that's dominant when a team's losing. Because you could still think, well, they should be a seven-point dog instead of a ten-point dog or whatever, but. I mean, can you think of one fact? I mean, the Saints go bad when they're losing, and and you know. I'm, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of which team. Has well, the Bay's never lose. really yeah. losing. Same thing with the Chiefs. They're not losing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Chiefs. Everyone talks about that. That Arrowhead, and I know it's loud, but it doesn't translate it into doesn't, home field. It doesn't. Um, and Seattle, when they were losing, I mean, Jacksonville and London. That's the only <laughs> one I can come up with. Tom Brady in Germany with the shoe. <laughs> oh wait, that's another. Now, now, now. A sneaky part of this game is that Atlanta stayed on the West Coast. I don't know where they're staying. Oh, I like it. And I love a team, or especially it seems like it works the best early in the year. It's like that extended preseason week where kumbaya, the whole team comes together. They're focused. I agree. It's like it's like a uh, extended training camp. Yes. And usually those teams do very well, um, and that's interesting. So that would have been uh, Seattle, and it was between the Rams. Okay. Um, now, New England, by the way, New England went down to Miami early, right, and mm-hmm. lost. But now in week, uh, what is it, week eight, they go out to the West Coast and play the, uh, Ra- the Raiders. Let me just get this. Uh, now we're talking about Falcons it. Falcons are practicing at the University of Washington, so they're in Seattle. Um, so week 14 and 15, the Patriots are out West playing Arizona first, then the Raiders. So that's interesting. They're going to have multiple boot camp types. God, I hope they don't practice in Vegas. And then that wouldn't be good. 
What do you mean? Why? Because it's Secret of dis- Service? A lot, of dis- a lot of distractions in Vegas. Oh, not with the Pats. What are you talking about? They they don't get distracted. Well, if their owner comes out, we do have a lot of massage parlors. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's pretty good. All right, any closing thought? What, so why didn't you pick Atlanta, Fez? Let's go around. Oh, the- it was it was under consideration. I just I, I like to go with plays where my power ratings and the situational spot supports it. It's just the situational spot. And maybe which, which game is it that has both the power ratings and the situation? We'll get to it. All right. So I like it because I, I had Atlanta last week as my best bet over, and, and it's because of the upgrade that I gave them with this offense with Marcus Mariota. And I think the same thing applies here against a, 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 t- a bad team in Seattle. The thing, I didn't pick it because the line was confusing to me. At so seeing, you thought it looked too good. Yeah. I was, it was a little, it was a little well, deceiving. Not anymore. It's not moved anymore. down the pit. <laughs> now I'm like, well, and it's the right side, uh, and especially with RJ on it. Uh, that was a little buck well, we'll right ta- there. We'll talk about but- <laughs> the market. No, I'll take the market, but okay. <laughs> but um, that's the only reason why I did not select it, because I was I had a hard time looking at it thinking, why is Seattle favored? By the so- way, uh, this uh, trend applies to your pick here. 0-2 teams going against teams that aren't 0-2, 60% ATS since 2012. Okay, now how many games is that? Since 2012? Um, how many games? How many games? Oh, I'll have to pull up the exact... The 60. Exact- 60 games. Can you, repeat, can, you, can you repeat that whole trend one more time? 0-2 teams. Against non-0-2 teams. That's are, it. Are, are they catching points or they doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. And what's the against spread? 36 and 24, 60%. Okay. Makes okay. sense, right? Yeah. I'm going to dig Desperation into mode. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, and the, the market you got, failing. You got all kind of like 1-2s one, one versus 2-1s and all that too, right? Yeah, I always like 0-1s versus 1-0s. I like, one curiously, 1-3s against 3-1s. But the idea of really the 0-2 is the desperation. Yeah, mm-hmm. because 0-3, yeah. you're dead in the water. There's a couple points during the year. If you lose, it's hard to come back from if you're down 0-2. But if you're 1-3, th- it's hard to come back from 1-4, right? So exactly. People are staring at the um, the death sentence of 0-3 here if they lose. Any reason you didn't play? I mean, what was your thinking on this game? I, I guess I thought that these two teams were closer from a, a power rating standpoint than, than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... I, you know, I thought the home field home field advantage for Seattle. I, I know they're not That's good, an but interesting point. because they won, I figured the fans will still be excited. And then I looked at, I know everybody's high yeah, on they what won in the first game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the fact that they have a win. But then yeah. I looked at everybody's giving Mariota all this love, and I said, okay, let's compare his season to Geno Smith's and QBR. They're ten and eleven. But I looked at PFF, and PFF has Geno Smith sixth and Mariota twenty fourth. So they're saying that Geno Smith has outplayed Mariota, which surprised me. But again, it. it I mean, I'm not sure if quarterback stats matter if the offense can't, because to some degree, this is like the Cousins situation, which is no one likes Cousins as an elite quarterback, but his stats stack up pretty well against you know as a second tier. Elite the fantasy guys like him. Yeah, because team. there's nothing about winning and losing. And and the question is if it's if it's third and eleven. In the fourth quarter, you're up by three. Are you going to stand in the pocket and make that throw that has a chance to be intercepted? That's the Brady throw that, you know, the best play. Cousins doesn't make that throw, but he can make all down 20. He can dump down. I mean, I I didn't watch the end of the Monday night game. I'm guessing that he got some decent yardage, right? That's that's a Cousins way. Until he got into the red zone and then he completely. He just kept giving it to the other team. Yeah, fell on his face. (laughs) If you look at Geno Smith, it's almost like the anatomy of how to get QBR without winning games. That makes sense. I, I think he actually was below 200. He really had a horrible game. Shocker, well, Monday was, night I, football, but terrible. But whatever it was, though, he got a nice amount in garbage time. Yeah. That's his style. Okay, next game. So, so far, 
We got Fez and Vito <laughs> on Arizona. And then we got me on, me and, well, all the wise guys in the world after <laughs> on Atlanta. And now we got Scott Seidenberg. He doesn't bet as many totals. What do you got? I'm going to go with Miami plus the six points Ooh. against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I want the to ask. The comeback of the week. Yes. I want to ask you to put yourself in the role of the bookmakers here. Okay. I, I personally can't do that. All right. So, Fed. <laughs> let's try and be a bookmaker here. This game is in Buffalo. What's the spread? If it's if if the Bills are six point favorites on the road in know. Miami, ten and a half. Ten and a half. So the Dolphins are worse than the Tennessee Titans. No. The Titans were ten. Titans point are dogs. terrible. The Dolphins the, are going to the playoffs. The Titans were ten point dogs to the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. in Buffalo. But Titans, now, there's been a massive adjustment made to the sure, Titans since then. Sure, sure. But let's well, end of the Bills. End of the Bills. I understand that. So, but it's it's relatively close the lines if we put this game in Buffalo. That to me is not even. Now, first off, that's of a that's a good that's a good handicap. Yes. Meaning we can talk about a bunch of trends and all, but he's saying make the case. And and the only case you can make it. And first off, Miami, if we're going to say we're going to downgrade Tennessee for what they've now become, well, we've got to upgrade Miami for what they've now become, right, after that, you know, game against Baltimore. Fez, let me ask you this, and we'll get back. How do you look at the end of that Baltimore game? Meaning, do you say, oh, my God, they were lucky? Because the question I always ask you is, why would the yards – I get when it's garbage time. I get when they're in prevent. But when the game's still competitive, why would yardage in the first quarter mean more or points than in the fourth quarter? If anything, it should mean less. Meaning the, that as the, long the as the game is competitive. The, yeah. like the, exactly. So if it's a very close game, I would say that maybe 25% more weight to fourth quarter performance than first quarter performance. That's more indicative. I agree. Anyone who watched San Francisco play in any Super Bowl. The 49ers, when they're winning all of them, like, hey, the Bengals might win the first quarter, but they're not going to win the fourth quarter, are they? So you don't in any way discount that Miami comeback? I don't. Um, I think that Tua answered all the questions. What, what was the, the book was Miami, great roster, wish they had a quarterback. Well, six touchdowns, almost 500 yards. It's not just that. I don't think Tua played that well in the game. I mean, great. No, no, no. I mean, the stats were great, but, if, I mean, if you look at – He's a professional quarterback, no doubt. And we didn't know that. I think everyone thought he was about 20. And let's let Scott do his pick. But Mm -hmm. I guess my point would be that, I don't know, where would you, where's he at in your quarterback rankings? One second, let's see. Two, two, two. I I tend to, maybe I don't react enough with this. It seems like you're reacting right now a lot, talking, jibbering, jabbering. Oh, my goodness. Tied for 20th. I got him with Baker, Wentz, Daniel Jones. Ooh, I think maybe I, I think I'll take it. Yeah, I think you got to be up a little on that yeah, group. I, yeah. All right. So let's say seventeenth. Let's put him with Hertz, Mac Jones, Jimmy G. Hertz, uh, Tannehill, Tannehill. Oh, I got to bring Tannehill down. Yeah, I think you're, you're all your ratings. Tannehill's going adjusted. down. I have I haven't is focused that the, on is that. that. The two, is that the 2019 range? <laughs> no, no. I, I I made initial. Where's Big Ben at? I made I made <laughs> yeah, I made I made Monday adjustments, and I got to I got to sharpen the pencil with this because it's not my yeah. priority. Do you have George Blanda? <laughs> it's above average. So this is the thing. This this team has to be upgraded significantly, and it's not just about the comeback. This team? Who are we talking The Dolphins. About? Oh, okay. It's not just about the comeback against the, the Ravens. What this offense is doing with Mike McDaniel and with the weapons that he has is 
really eye-opening because Tua last season on play-action passes, this is what everyone talked about, fifth in the league in completions, completion percentage, top 10, who's top eight in yardage on play-actions. Through two weeks, they've run more play-action with Tua than anybody in the NFL. So that's leading to his success. So the Shanahan offense typically does very little play-action, but... The, this Miami version of it. It's is a modification. Good. Exactly. Yes. And but what that's, we're, that's, that's not true. It's, I would say if there was one word that described the Shanahan offense, it's play action. Well, how's this sound? But it's a play action under center for the Shanahan offense. This is at a shotgun. But I'm, so I'm talking under center. So do me a favor, McKenzie. Take a look at the percentage of play action passes for San Fran last year, let's say. All right. And come, see where it is in the league. Go ahead. So now we also have to look at um, Tua last year was – the worst quarterback in what's known as aggressiveness. You go to mm-hmm. next-gen stats. Mm-hmm. Basically, aggressiveness is throwing, throwing, in a tight, throwing tight windows. windows. He is top five in the NFL this year in that category, which is telling me his receivers are open. With Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, they're creating separation now where Tua doesn't have to throw into tight windows because they're open by two, three yards. And of those five quarterbacks, he has the most passing attempts. But wait a minute. If you're saying his aggression has gone up, it means he's throwing. No, no, no. no, no. no his, he's, his, he, he's throwing the least amount of percentage okay. in tight windows. Well, see, that his receivers concerns, are open. See, that concerns me because it feels like that's, they're scheming them open. How sustainable is that? Well, well you that's know, why I'm upgrading Mike McDaniels. Whatever they're doing, the receivers are getting open. It's a combination I, of scheme I, with the play action, and it's a combination of the speed. I don't know. The, the speed is everything. I don't know because Waddle is very fast, and obviously mm-hmm. you got the cheetah. I'm, I don't know how to grade this. So I see Tyreek, and he's got two guys on him, and he goes like this, you know, throw deep. Mm-hmm. And so Tua throws it over the defenders, and by the time he catches it, he's wide open, but he wasn't open when Tua threw it. You know, that speed is, is, is opening him up. How do you grade that? Graded? Uh, who are we grading? Tua? Tua, yeah. I think you grade it great because if he's throwing when they're not open and he yeah, catches the ball. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so is that a tight window? Is that a wide open guy? Both. Well, I guess they have the way they do it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, his average depth of And they have tar- chips in the, the shoulder pads. So they his know. depth of target has increased this year. Mm-hmm. And under pressure, he's got the highest quarterback rating or the third highest quarterback rating in the NFL under pressure behind Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Through two games. So with 13 minutes, they, what was it, 31 to 14, was it, left in the game? Uh, 31 17. Yes. Okay. It, they were only 14 down? No, they were down more. Yeah, take a they look were at down that. three touchdowns. Take a look at that, AJ. Pulling it up. Just now. grab it. Okay. My point 35, is 35 14 in the fourth quarter. 13 minutes, I think it was. So my question is this. One one tip ball, one you know one bad play, the, the comeback doesn't. I mean, Baltimore might. went for it fourth and one. They didn't convert. They pick it up. They win. So, I guess my thought is maybe Miami would still be very good, but we wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just something about that thirteen minutes and the fact that they did, their offense didn't play well. Let's be honest. They got a a, a special was a defensive touchdown against New England, mm-hmm. so they effectively put up what. I mean, 16. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you take away that touch. So 16, and then they were at whatever, 14. Baltimore also returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. So but take that not, away. Yeah. Yeah. But we're talking about the 14 points on offense, the, right. you know, through three quarters mm-hmm. and change. So when you go 16 against the Pats, effectively on offense, 14, so you're seven quarters in, 
and you've scored 30 points. I, not, yeah. But now you score a ton in those 13. What does it mean? I don't know. You know, football's complicated. I know. Because in one game, you could say, well, Baltimore returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Well, this is what you do, yeah. And then you could also say, on one play, they hit Bateman on a short crossing round. He went 80 for a touchdown. But then again, Baltimore had an 18-play drive down to the one. Yeah. And they got stuffed fourth and one. Yeah. You know, so there's kind of conflicting stuff there for the Miami defense. There's an interesting conversation. AJ and I had it on SOVAM. That's a plug for straight out of Vegas AM. It's it's, uh, very well produced. Thank you. Thank you. That there is this bias against Tua because there's an inherent bias against left-handed quarterbacks. Looks so awkward. Exactly. So here's what somebody did. Somehow Steve Young got a lot of love. Here's what somebody did on Twitter. (laughs) They inverted oh, the video. This was last year, though. They did it for the Baltimore okay. game. They inverted the video. So it looks like two is a right-handed quarterback. And all the highlights against Baltimore, you're looking at him. He looks great. He doesn't look like his mechanics are bad. Suddenly, the Earl Anthony the field. is putting it in the pocket. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. He looks like he can throw the ball. He looks like he has an arm. He looks like he has footwork and mechanics. So maybe some of the just bias against Tua has to do with him just looking awkward because we're not used to seeing I tell you, it. when I was driving in the Bahamas, everyone was a terrible driver. The wrong side of the road, it was like, like it freaked me out. Let's also admit some of the bias against Tua is Tua hasn't been very good until this year. So the, the bias isn't like totally unwarranted. Yeah, but if, you look, but if you look at the stat, I mean, I, I think the narrative was certainly worse than the numbers. I think that's fair. Yeah, so the numbers weren't great, but the narrative was even worse. Yes. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Scott's handicap was brilliant. I think they I, started I like out, the way he did that. I, I, I want to pontificate on that if I can. So back when I was at Pinnacle, I used to meet, we'd have postmortems and meet with Henry, all right? He was the head guy. So the odds makers would get graded by Henry. And uh, Henry. So Henry would say, all right, Steve, let me review how you've done with Buffalo games. I see you open pick Buffalo Rams, and it closed at Buffalo minus two and a half, and we got our ass kicked. The Public and the, with the and so, so you were you were the driving the NFL lines. I was doing a little bit of everything. Okay. Yes, yes. So, uh, but not, it, it was not during NFL season. But mm-hmm. I just use that as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so what's fast forward? That was a national you know, standalone game. Got her butt kick. All right. Now, what happened? Where did you open Buffalo against Tennessee? Well, we opened seven and a half, Henry. All right. And where where did you think? Who do you think everyone's going to bet? Well, I guess they're going to bet Buffalo. And where did you close? Ten. And we had like a hundred thousand more on the bills, and how we do? Oh, Where's the story going, Fast? We got our butt kicked. Well, you got your butt butt kicked on back to back Buffalo Bills games. Mm-hmm. For God's sake, can you start opening Buffalo a little higher? Okay, so how does that? So what you're saying? So you're is, saying is the market's high because they're protecting themselves against Buffalo. The odds maker says no more getting our butts kicked with opening a soft number, a light number on Buffalo. Okay, I think that's fair. Let's look at the a look ahead line. So the look ahead line on this game. Now, this is fascinating. The summer line was Buffalo three and a half. The look ahead was four and a half. The world open was four and a half. It stayed four and a half Monday. Tuesday, it went to five and a half and then up to 6.1. So a little above six on Wednesday. So we're two and a half above the the summer line, despite Miami being one of the great surprises so far year, year to date. Yeah, that's a fair point. But Buffalo's as good as any team's been after no two doubt. weeks. No doubt. Who have you who have you upgraded more? Fraz? Buffalo got upgraded two points. Since the season? Yes. And I am sky high to start. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm I'm bumping up against how high I want a team to be. I got nine points better than the average team. And let's take it well, go ahead, finish that question. And I bumped Miami a point. So net difference one in favor of Buffalo. 
versus the summer. How much do we account for the Ravens having a beat up secondary? It's a good point because all you mentioned, Miami only had 14 points, and then that's the secondary was compromised when all. I mean, there was, a lot, there was three injuries coming into the yeah. game. It's also kind of certain. How did Miami get in that hole to begin with that they had? To, like, well, Lamar had a great game. Lamar's right. playing really well. I mean, he's like right now in EPA, like third or fourth. I know the Ravens' offense is number one pass DVOA. Well, they started out thirty-two seven. run DVOA. Like, out I would have, nothing. Yeah. Imagine what kind of odds you could have gotten that that would be the case. Well, you take you take Lamar out of the running, it's 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 worse than thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alabama's batter. <laughs> I, I like that. But let's take a minute and appreciate the way he did that. Is if you can get a frame of reference, you know, it's powerful like that. It really is. And I want to go over it one more time because we kind of gave it short shrift about, oh, what about the upgrade or whatever? Because AJ made a good point. So let's think about this now. Tennessee, this from this week's perspective. Well, no, I guess with we got to go with last week's perspective for that game, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the line was. Yes. All right, so Buffalo was the best team coming into the entire season, and they dominated week one. Now they got revenge against Tennessee, who beat them on Monday Night Football last year, right? Mm-hmm. Revenge time. You got Tennessee limping from somehow losing to the Giants. I mean, who won? no one does that, except uh, all the teams have bad season. Yeah. Okay, so now... That was that, okay? Now, now we got Miami. Now, how do they stack up against Tennessee as they were perceived last week is the question. I don't know. I think two or three points. No, no, I'm saying Miami gets what they are now. They get last week, too, because we're now into the – and we're going to give Buffalo last week. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you upgrade Buffalo what? I mean, a point, right? Yeah, I did. All right? And then Miami gets – Okay, that well, we don't even need to upgrade Miami. So, a, but I did half a point. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, Miami is now now in this hypothetical because we're comparing the this week's Miami and this week's Buffalo mm-hmm. to last week's Buffalo and last week's Tennessee. And that's, Miami's, that's the only fair comparison. And Miami's clearly superior to Tennessee. Uh, so, to Tennessee a week ago? Yes. Okay. I mean, you don't see that. No, I, I, I didn't know clearly superior. That just seems strong. I, I had Tennessee a, a slightly below average, uh-huh. below average team last week. Now they're even more below now, average. And where did you have Miami last Miami, week? Miami, I had a well, point and a half better. So I had two-point difference. I, as that last sounds week. right. That's not, and remember now, New England beating Pittsburgh makes that Miami win. Look, I mean, this time of year, you got to see things like that because— New England might. New England looks like a dead average team, and Miami handled them. No problem. Maybe they didn't shouldn't have beaten them by 16, but they handled them. Yeah. So I think that's – and all it is is they don't want to get crushed by – because here's the thing. This could be one of the – every. we'll have five test, test your metal, are you really a wise guy games a year. Betting against Buffalo mm-hmm. here takes balls. You did it last week. No, I didn't. Like with Tennessee? Oh, here I did. Yeah. I did yeah. Yeah. As I kept thinking about it, it was like, I don't, I don't know. It's just all, not, I don't. All, all the money at, at post, Cape, I don't know if you saw that's tens. We were talking about, will we get ten and a half? Tens disappeared. All the sharp books went to nine and a half. The wise guys, the real wise guys are going to always take the value. The and double it's, digits. It's a little or, thing on a spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, here's a great example what you guys should do. Keep your record on a spreadsheet or pregame.com has the record, right? In all the games. And go back to, like when you're two years in, go back two years. 
and look at the games. Mm. You're going to remember, oh, yeah, that was that mm. Thursday. That was that. But you know what? It's all going to be a blur, and you're just going to see at the end what the total is. That's how you got to pick these games. You can't worry about every game. You trust the process and let the coin flips fall where they may, I think. But if you're afraid of each game, you never are going to take – the Miami Dolphins in this case, because you don't want to bet. If you're betting your life you, in one game, you don't want to bet against the Bills. No. But if you want, if you're betting 60 games in a season, this I think I think this line should be lower than six. That's my point. Yep. All right, good stuff. All right. One quick note on this: Josh <laughs> right. Allen seven and one against the Dolphins, average margin of victory 16 points since he's been in the league. You know, I wanted to. Mackenzie, maybe you can run this because. Oh, so right off, we have different coaches. So I, to me, I'm not sure that matters anymore. But go ahead. So we used to. I used to maybe be part of this players. part of this group, the Tuesday group, and we had a guy from Buffalo, mm-hmm. and Glenn. And Glenn used to say, you know, Bill, as a Bills fan growing up there, we hate Miami. We go, we get sky high for Miami mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Dan right, Marino. And they're in conference or in, in division. So I, I, I'm sure if we query it, Buffalo has a great against the spread record against Miami. Buffalo against Miami. Well, he's just telling you. I mean, you mean all time. Yes. Well, that happens sometimes. When One way rival. One, exactly. Exactly. Now, what's fascinating, and I can't remember exactly, there's something about the week after Buffalo and Miami that uh, Mackenzie just, just noodle on that a little bit. But so we got what 56 percent going back to 89. Yep. Yeah. Bill's favorite. Okay. Do me a favor. Look at the week after uh, when Buffalo plays Miami, both of the teams. One of them, it's a horrible record. I'm on it. I can't remember. This actually might be applicable here. Hmm. Well, I guess it would be in the next Next game. week, yeah. Okay. All right, Fez, you're next. So we got our best bets and then the crossfire with AJ. So he's done his. And you know something? Let's jump to AJ. Let's let AJ have his four. And that's a double like. It's AJ and Scott. And that's on Green Bay. Green Bay Packers plus one at Tampa. And this is all about health to me. The Bucs will probably have two healthy starters on offense this week. They were already without three starters on the O-line. Tristan Wirfs has an ankle injury and an oblique injury. Josh Wells, the fill-in left tackle last week, left the game with a calf injury. His replacement, Brandon Walton, has never started a game in the NFL. He was an undrafted uh, rookie in 2020. Godwin's still out. Evans suspended. Julio Jones banged up. Leonard Fournette banged up. Tom Brady, Shaq Mason. That's the two healthy starters on Tampa Bay's offense. And through two games, Packers pass rusher Preston Smith, the highest percentage of pass rush snaps resulting in pressure in the league. The Packers are getting after the quarterback. With this O-line in shambles, I think it's going to be a rough day for, for the, the Bucks offense. I'm still not crazy about the, the Packers' weapons on offense, but in this game, they've got they're going to have better receivers on the field. They've got they've got a skill position advantage this week against Tampa Bay. I, I just think that Tampa's getting too much respect given that this isn't their normal roster. Tom Brady, 19th in the league in uh, quarterback rating under pressure. So not as good as obviously 18 other quarterbacks have been performed better than him this season. So if the Packers are to get pressure on Tom Brady. I I like the Packers in this game. Uh, and Matt LaFleur as an underdog. Now, it's only been a couple of years, and we know that he's been 13-3 and three every single year, so the numbers are going to be good anytime Matt LaFleur is an underdog. 9-3 and three, ATS. Uh, and the big thing here, as AJ pointed out, I wrote in big, bold letters, Packers are healthier. And that's the thing. What the Bucks are starting to do this year is – 
give veterans days off during the week. Like, we know Tom Brady's never going to practice on a Wednesday. That's just that's just the plan moving forward. They're doing oh, he's that. He's not going to be there. On well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're doing that though with a lot of their other players. And I think when you're starting to worry about load management throughout the course of the season in week two, uh, I just don't. I, I think I'm taking the healthier team here in the Green Bay Packers catching the points. But isn't that a concern for later in the year? Yeah, but they're worrying about it now. They're worrying about it because yeah. they're trying to prevent sure. it happening later in the year, sure. right? I mean. Here's the way I see it. Tampa had two tough road games, right? So, one, I haven't done the analysis. When you start off with two straight road games, how do you do in that home game? Oh, so, Mackenzie, oh, oh, wow, look at this. So, what's that stat? The Bills, after playing the Miami Dolphins at home in Buffalo, not relevant this week, Mm -hmm. but crazy, 4-27 and ATS, that's since 1989. So, they host the Dolphins, and they suck the next week. Go figure. Makes so sense gonna, to the so one-way yeah. rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to look at in Chicago against the Bears on December on Christmas Eve, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, that'll that'll be that big balls. Be you take the Bears against the Bills. Good luck. Well, Fez, I mean, Fez took the Bears against. Uh, well, I guess we're coming up on that, right? Oh man, was that Vito too? I took the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> ever <laughs> this <laughs> week you've taken you've, the Bears are on your card. He knows. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, real quick though, they played at Dallas, at New Orleans. That's about as tough of a season as you can start. Then they got Green Bay and Kansas City. Could that is that could that be at Dallas, at New Orleans, home for Green Bay, home for Kansas City? Welcome yeah. to the NFL. Not a good stretch when you don't have any healthy bodies. But they're two and zero, and they haven't. And though the the win was a little deceiving points wise last week, that we thought they should have just won. What did you take away from that game, Fez? The Tampa Bay game. It's just a war, you know. I mean, so are, are they fatigued? Oh God, yes. I mean, how often do you see a brawl break out in a in a key mm-hmm. divisional you know game like that? Your players being disciplined, you don't want to get penalties. Nah, they just would start to, to turn into a fist fight. You so know, because of the cause of the intensity of the game, maybe resting some of the veterans would have made sense this week, huh? It would make sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and certainly, like 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 you mentioned, you look at that schedule of four games. You're like, as long as we're two and two or three and one, we'll be fine. Well, they're already two and zero. Oh. All right. Yeah. Oh my God, is that right, Mackenzie? Shocking how startling it's. Week three, yeah. if it's away and away, it's thirty three and sixty. So that's if your oh, first if two games are away. If you're home, away, your game three, three after is two and sixty. Mm-hmm. You know that goes back to that's I, crazy. You know, you know, and I. We talk, This is a baseball trend or NBA trend where they talk about you're on that road trip, you know, you're away forever, mm-hmm. and then you finally come home and you stink that first game back because you're just overloaded with responsibilities and everything else. Oh, you're talking about NBA? Cause or, this, or MLB. This is an NBA trend that people really love. Yeah. Is betting on the team their first game after the road trip. Betting against they, them. When they come home. Yeah. Yes. Because of all the distractions but in you life. You realize these teams come home each week. Oh, they do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. So not not same concept, not as good. Yes. No, not even the same concept. Because they're home. In your theory, Fez, they go home and they get the mail. Yeah. Right? And they pay like the carpenter or the. The, the gardener. Yeah, you really. Th- if you ever watch Ballers, I don't you know if you've people seen that, it. people that do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. But you still have to pay the people that pay the people. <laughs> I mean, that's all I know is, is I don't see them paying many bills. I, <laughs> all right. So I, but that trend is a monster. That was 33 and 60? Yeah, that's a Big monster. Big sample, too. I mean, that's a monster. I'm, I'm, I'm on it's 3.25 yeah. uh, net uh, margin on ATS margin. That is a monster. How haven't I ever heard of that? And it's been consistent, too. 
as of late. Because it only comes up is, once is a year. For, uh, do it from 2012. On. I just did. Yeah, 12 and 18 minus two ATS margin. So 40%, right. almost the same. Hmm. Any, it's so funny. Almost every trend that's based upon travel being bad has um, decayed a little bit. Travel just isn't as bad as it used to You're be. You're fine on the road, even. Oh, well, yeah. it's, it's just not as hard, arduous as it used mm -hmm. to be. Which is, I mean, that's. But here's a sneaky. With home field advantage going down over the years. Here's a sneaky travel. It's like the week after the travel when you've had the, the two trips back to back. Yeah. But if each, if each one isn't quite as arduous. Yeah. Because it looks like it's like two two points and change, and it was three and a half for the whole thing. But it's still a good trend. Um, well, this is one of those, to me, if you eliminate a game, I say this once a year, but it's worth saying again and again, eliminating a loser is more valuable than gaining a winner. By 10%. 1.1 versus <laughs> 1. So... To me, a trend like this might not make me play a game, but it's going to damn sure I'm not playing against it. Yes. So it might not, it, it's not going to bring you onto the Packers, but it'll talk you against the Bucks. Exactly. I tell you, it, it is. Will disqualify the yes. But in this case, yeah. it's brought me onto the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> now, let me ask you this because we've been talking a little bit about our um, pools and stuff where we did auctions and whatever and drafts. Mm -hmm. My Tampa Bay Green Bay is looking pretty good, wouldn't you say? I thought it was my Tampa Bay Green Bay. What do you mean? I have... Fe no, this yeah, Fez has Tampa Bay Green Bay. That's you have right. them in the auction league. Yeah. So we had two different pools, so yeah. you guys are talking about di different pools. Oh, right. So we yeah, both but I got them at a discount. You paid them at a premium. <laughs> we yeah, both but the got auction them. draft was less of a buy-in, though. Mm. It was half the buy-in. No way. That seems crazy. All right. <laughs> uh, negative. So we're rooting for them to both win. Well, I, I just... <laughs> no you know, To me, everyone was down on Green... All of a sudden, the whole Green Bay narrative has changed. Like, the, like, AJ was so down on Green Bay, right? And now you're batting him. Yeah. Have you come around to Green Bay? No. Just, it's a situational spot. The, the only, well, the, the only I concern. Mean, this isn't Tampa's roster. This is, like I said, not nine out of the, their projected 11 starters are out this week on offense. Is Tom Brady there? Tom Brady's there. I sure wish Minnesota had looked a little better against the Eagles, you know, for Green Bay's strength of schedule. Oh. That, that Minnesota loss is looking worse. It, you know what it is? They were outcoached. I mean, listen to the X's and O's, guys. If you looked at Jefferson, there was no one guarding him. Yeah. So to some, that's one of the main reasons I left Philly was because it's like on Monday night because it's like I think that Minnesota win was deceiving. Shut him down completely. But I also think it's maybe reversed itself too much now. Okay, so AJ, that was a double like. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to jump to Fez. And Fez, you've got, oh, look, you're going against the Eagles. I'm going with Washington plus six and a half against the Eagles. This is going to be a unique handicap, RJ. We've right. never heard this handicap before. Okay. So let me finish it completely. So the opening line, <laughs> the opening line was Washington catching four. Now Washington is catching six and a half. All right. What is unique about this handicap is I'm not talking about this game. Oh, I'm talking about these two teams. I'm talking about week ten. Because that is the line right now in a game of the year, all right? So that game is deemed to be, I know it's a softer market, but the line with um, Washington on the road is 6.5 at the Eagles. So I ask you, if Washington's getting 6.5 at the Eagles, and, and clearly this book, it's Caesars, William Hill, deems that line to be appropriate, as do the betters right now. Then Hold on a second. I can't. I was trying to stop. If you have two markets, one is a $100 million market, the other is a... $50,000 market, mm -hmm. and they're incongruent, 
Which one do you think is wrong? The one that is the 50,000 market. Okay. So but my point is, the point is you've got two teams playing each other, and they had the same spread in the game. The line is six and a half, mm-hmm. okay? You, if you want to bet the Eagles, do you want to lay six and a half on the road or at home? I want to bet them minus oh, yeah. six and a half at home. So I'm sa- what I'm saying is that huh. they're both not you hot. Ha- you don't have to bet them any I, game. I know, I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is I want to take the six and a half with Washington at home, and I want to lay the six and a half with the Eagles when they're home. But, but unfortunately, this isn't a hedge fund type situation. But I'm just saying they're so far apart. That, the, the fact that that line could even exist tells you that there's that there's so little liquidity. And in, in, first of all, I think game of the year is look ahead lines. Uh, or the the season long look aheads because they got everything but week what eighteen up right what what, you're, what we're saying is no one is there's been a huge upgrade on Philly but it hasn't trickled up to that that market is all because really it seems like you could get the same analysis by looking at the look ahead from earlier this week in this game right so. Let's see. What was it at? That, that's an excellent point. Let me right? take a look here. Because what you're saying really is there's been an upgrade in Philly, and maybe it's too much. Yes, and the summer line was Eagles minus one. Okay. Now, and and now, all right, so there you go. There you that's go. So story. we've had a five-and-a-half-point upgrade in this line now. Washington, I don't think you down. I think they've got to be even, I'm thinking. I actually downgrade them a point. One. A point, that's too much. That's probably too Carson much. Carson Wentz is not looking bad. No. I, yeah, so that, I'm probably extreme downward, and Philly, I know I've upgraded them. Um, but, but the most you can upgrade Philly, let's be candid, that Detroit looked like a backdoor, but they were, st- you know, I, it was a backdoor to some degree, but it wasn't as backdoor as people make it, I yeah, think. Yeah, so I bounced them up one and a half. That's a pretty significant upgrade. At, at, off of the one game or the whole season? Off of the one game. That's crazy. That's too much. They don't even cover, and they went up one and a half? No, this the, the the Monday night game. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Okay, so how much did you do from the week one? Nothing. Okay, so it's one and a half on the season. So I bumped the Eagles by one and a half. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. I lowered Washington by one. That actually seems like extreme. I agree. I think you're a little short on Philly, overdone on Washington. So if the line was one, and now we've got a net two and a half. Okay, I get to three and a half. I don't get to six and a half. I agree. I agree. I agree. Only thing I don't understand with Philly is you got to look at these matchups against certain teams. They kill them against other teams. They're, you know, they're more competitive, and I don't understand the X's and O's enough. Commanders 31st DVOA against the run. That's the scary thing to me about this. That That is important, but it feels more scheme. I don't know. It's not going to be more scheme, but the scheme. Because, like, the Saints, last year I thought the Saints got a tough defense. Against a run, right? Remember yeah. when Philly came in and they bet some were betting the Saints groups and some were betting Philly. Mm-hmm. You remember, I remember that? that? Yeah. Well, Philly killed them. After the fact, I heard someone talk and explain why the Saints defense just has no chance against what Philly's doing. It's so unique because of the unique run aspect. Well, it's, of yeah, the, the, it's something about covering up the mm-hmm. nose thing. You know, I don't know, but I don't think I can really bet Philly. Or against them, unless I understand that, which I'm going to want to. Maybe I, this, someone's had to write this up. I just got to find it online. All right. Um, any, but I, Fez, I think you. Well, let's look at the look ahead, though, right? So the look ahead. Three. All right. So what has changed? The Eagles had a Monday night game where they embarrassed what everybody thought was a good team. I mean, the most you can upgrade them is one and a half. Yeah. And then wa- Washington. Maybe you downgrade them a little bit, but boy, I mean, maybe what, a half point. Yeah. So what the hell is going on here? It's just Monday night football team kicks butt, overreaction. I mean, I hear people talking like Philly's the best team in the NFC. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard I, that too. I, I mean, I told before the season that was, they were my Super Bowl <laughs> pick preseason. But I, Carson Wentz, the way he's playing, back door is definitely open. What are you saying? I'm saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> All right. So, um, what's your take? You got any take on this? No, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm big on the Eagles. I was big on them preseason. I think Sirianni in his second year is. We talk about second year quarterbacks. I think there's something to be said about a second year coach who learned last year taking his team to the playoffs. Is it he, time to bet Sirianni coach of the year? That's interesting. I, I like it's it. Yeah. It's got to be close to 10 to 1, right? You know, it's interesting. AJ and I did something on SOV AM, another shout out. Uh, 10 of the last. By the way, 14... every weekday before you could wake up, if you wake up before SOV AM gets there, you didn't go to sleep yet. You're a hardworking man. No. <laughs> Scott will buy you a McMuffin. Oh, that's every, like every yeah. garbage man in the country. Congrats. <laughs> what if you listen, like, after you come home from the Rhino? <laughs> No, before you wake up. <laughs> yeah. Stay up, it doesn't count. All so, right. So um, 10 of the last 14 Super Bowls have featured a head coach in his first three years with a team. So the idea that, you know, oh. And that's what second- a lot of Belichick Super Bowls was yeah. there. So, so, oh, it's the, the second-year head coaches. There's actually been six of the, of oh. the 10 uh, were. But none of them has been first year, right? First year, um, yeah, there was one first year head coach going back all those years, but I think it was Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. No, that wasn't. That was his second year then. Yeah. There was one that that got to the Super Bowl in their first year. Uh, Maybe his third year. So, yeah, the idea of Sirianni in his second year after already taking this Eagles team to the to the playoffs, they, they're primed. And I think there's oh, it was Jim Caldwell. Yeah, was it was Jim year. Caldwell in his first year. That's what it was. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but it was okay because I would have thought Barry Switzer team. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Colts kind of the same thing with Dallas, but that was the second year for Switzer. Yeah, George yeah. Seifert, same thing. Well, I was second just going. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just going. The but last but, but here's years. the thing: yeah. you like Philly, yes, but you can't like him in this spot. No, and I'm seeing even Circa post a seven on the board. Like that, that's a lot of points to lay on the road. I mean, it's it's just like again, it's back to your handicap, yes. which is this line. Everyone in the world could have bet the hell out of Philly. Mm-hmm. At, at, at um, what was it, three and, three a, and half? a half? Three and a half. Oh, no, at three, the look ahead was. And the world open was three and a half. Philly was three that you could have had all you wanted. Now there's one more game, and now it's seven. I mean, this is, this is the anatomy of value. This is what value is. Yeah, it's a wild overreaction. And I think Fez is, I mean, I got I to gotta, like, jump on and agree with them here. Uh, meaning I like this. Okay. Okay, moving on. Fez had a little bathroom break. Fez, I wanted to, I wanted you to be here for this. You know, AJ was talking back doors and all. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to come right in the back door here. Uh, I mean, no one knows what you were talking. It's been lost to history what you were talking about. Just delivering winners. That's all. <laughs> delivering something. <laughs> Next game. So we're going to my four. You think? I think that's the move, yeah. All right. Kansas City over the Colts. Kansas City minus five and a half. This is a double like. Double like. This is my one, yeah. Okay. One weight. The lowest weight. This is my four. Now, Fez, how are you handicapping the Colts? Meaning, what's your upgrade or, I'm sorry, downgrade? Because I've never seen, this team has probably underperformed more than any team I've ever seen coming out of the box. Uh, Yeah. Two and a half point downgrade. And I'm concerned. For the whole season? Yeah, and I'm That's concerned not enough. not enough. I'm concerned. You know what? It's how weird. Could you, how could you possibly 
not downgrade the, the max in both games. You, you know what? You know what? I love the way you say. How could you possibly have I mean, that like, opinion? Like what was the analysis of saying they were they they were down twenty to three and needed a miracle to tie as a as a you know against a crap team, a, a touchdown underdog. But again, you tie against a touchdown underdog, you almost covered the teaser. It's the fact that it was twenty to three. Right, I mean, yeah. and then twenty-four nothing, and then in, a, in which I made the following case: there was more pressure on the Colts in that game in Game Two than any I've ever seen because they had a streak going back to two thousand thirteen or whatever. They haven't won in Jacksonville. That's one. Two. This is the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Right. Three. They just lost or just tied to Houston, so they had to, they didn't want to start on two. This was the focus of all focuses, and they couldn't score a point. I took a look at the stats, okay. and but the stats matter, right? They do, but if you can't get in the end zone, I, I understand. So amazingly, I couldn't believe this. Indianapolis has out from a yards per play perspective, they're plus point six. And I just wasn't comfortable throwing them under the bus, given they actually have outstatted their opponent's net in those two games in terms of yards per play. They're 31st in offensive DVOA, the Colts. Well, their defensive number's good and their offensive number's bad. Well, how bad could it be if they're outgaining? I mean, they're at 5.3. That's slightly below league average. The defense so that gives— that means that they're, they're, what, 18th best offense? Right, and their defense is 4.7. Uh, how, how do you adjust for the strength of schedule, playing the two bad teams? Well, that's a good—that's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, that's had, why YPP had, only you're, works you're right. a game. You know what I have under the—I I have the strength of schedule written, and I, I write like—I don't write anything if it's like average. Mm-hmm. And know what I have it written by Indy? Cupcake. Yeah, I, I mean— I <laughs> Easiest think, so far. I think YPP Excellent point. In, in a game— Makes sense because you're playing that opponent. You know who we're talking. But when you do it on a season, I, it's so susceptible to strength. Their together. turnover differentials minus four. And I also think like these new quarterbacks on these teams. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we're throwing them under the bus a little too quickly because they don't have the synergy yet, and that Ryan is going to improve. Okay. When who knows? All right. So let's look at this now. Indianapolis this week. Let's see what the numbers say. So they lost by 24. They won by eight yards by yard, or they won by eight points by yards. No, I'm sorry, they're minus eight. So they lost by eight points, lost by two. So the YPP, they lost against um, Jacksonville? I just have it in that on the YPP. You want to look it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure we're right. And our EPA says they should have lost by 17. Kevin Cole says they should have lost by 20. Yeah, Jaguars won YPP by 0.4 last week. Okay, good. We got that. And then... um, Jacksonville, okay. And let's see here. DVOA says 20. Wow. So they they got beat worse by DVOA and Kevin Cole. First down projection, 16. EPA, 17. The success rate, 16. There's no number that even comes close to backing up. That, that this is a bad was, team. I mean, it was just, well, at least I Well, they game. won all the stats week one. Okay, against Houston. Yep. And what about the whole comeback? You always say, well, a bunch of those came in full quarter. Down 320. Yeah, exactly. you, you can't give them the full. The, but still, the bottom line is I felt uncomfortable just throwing a team completely under the bus somehow that the had Rams, won the stats. Somehow, somehow the Rams, no, they won the stats one game. In, in aggregate. Who cares? No, yeah. <laughs> in terms of YPP. Well, I, bet the, I, I wonder if the Rams won the stats in aggregate. Because you downgraded them a half, a one and a half point. Well, let's see. That's a good point. They probably didn't, but I Sorry. wish they did. <laughs> All right. 
no, the Rams are minus 1.4 yards per play. All right. That's why I That's because they play Buffalo. Buffalo's a juggernaut. All right. Now, Kansas City, they win a game. AJ, you probably didn't think they should have against the Chargers. I, I thought it, it was a. What do you mean? I thought yes, I thought they were lucky. No, they thought they were fortunate to win. Ninety-nine yard interception return late in the third quarter. That'll do it. You know something? We usually don't do this. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do, Mackenzie. Text Sleepy. Tell him to get SOV. Now, was it the test show? It was the spec show. Go, does, does Sleepy have a version of that? No, I have it. Right, can you send it to Sleepy? Yeah. I, is I want you to grab, have Sleepy grab out when AJ was. This is, I'll do an imitation of it, and you guys can tell me because we're going to insert it after in post production. Every time Herbert oh, made, it made a mistake, it was, it was one mistake he made, one, and it was a disaster. It went the whole other way, a touchdown. It was horrible. But then Mahomes threw it right to the people, and they just dropped it. They just dropped it. None of his mistakes mattered. What do you that sounds about right. <laughs> I tell you this. Your imitation could use work, but Sounds I mean, like the, the, con- the content was accurate. What's funny is. It was like when you were Adrian. The content was accurate. The voice was just a little off. <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> no, that's Adrian, Adrian's always right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got so much love for that. He, he's never going to leave that one go. <laughs> but, but all joking aside, if you could have, if you would have read that on a script, you would have thought the voice sounded like I did. Hmm. So it was kind of like I was doing a modern version. Fair enough. Of, well, why do you get so emotionally involved with Herbert? It's just what I saw. You know what Mackenzie said recently? He goes, you want me to tell Mackenzie? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, about, about how biased he is. And that oh, yeah, go ahead. You go ahead and say. Well, I'll say. He said you're the most biased person. You've, when you like a team, you see nothing else but good. Okay. I mean, it's kind of dangerous, isn't it? It is kind of dangerous. Luckily, you don't like any college teams, right? No. <laughs> you know, you talk about bias. So there's a Simpsons episode where Homer Simpson's listening to a game he's bet so on. So I'm not doing any digressions, and you're picking up the slack. And right? the and, and Homer, it's true. And 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 Homer's listening to the announcers like it could be a big upset today. And Homer goes, "Just once in your life, can you like not be so biased before the game starts?" <laughs> now. Lisa the Greek, great episode. I actually think, Faz, if you do a lot of the digressions, they're going to be saying, RJ, we were wrong to say <laughs> you did too many. You know, more. All right. Um, so you're going to hear, we're going to insert it okay. right here. I think this game that we just saw, and it was presented as this, a battle of two of the, the best quarterbacks in the league. And I, I think these are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. My question to you, Scott, who's better? Who would you rather have right now? I'd rather have Justin Herbert right now. And I know that sounds crazy. And and it believe me, I, I feel I I I I I questioned myself as it was coming out of my mouth there, you know, like Justin Herbert. Really? You, you mean you meant to say Patrick Mahomes? No. Justin Herbert. I, I think the throw that he made on that fourth down, we just talked about it after he got hurt. That throw to DeAndre Carter, which thank you, hit the over on DeAndre Carter yards, was unbelievable. And Patrick Mahomes, as dynamic as he is, we see him make some crazy no-look passes. We see him make the athletic plays. I don't think we see precision from Patrick Mahomes like we see from Justin Herbert. And it's still so early in Justin Herbert's career, but the precision that we see from him and the poise 
to take those hits and to keep coming, I, I think I'd go with Pat. I, I mean, I'd go with Justin Herbert. What's wild is if you remember two years ago, two years ago today, probably this part, this time of the year, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are coming off the Super Bowl. They're feeling everybody's high on the, oh man, this, this guy's the real deal. People were saying Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback we've ever seen play. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't talking about like, in the league right now, they were like talking about comparing him to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Like this is, this is going to be the goat of goats. That's pretty, it's pretty wild to think. And now we're saying two years later, we're like, Oh yeah, I, I take Justin Herbert over. him. That, that's, it sounds crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Um, PFF ranked the last season starting quarterbacks by their accuracy at target depths. Okay. So the most accurate passers in the league from short passes, so that's one to nine yards. You surprisingly had Tua as number one. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, number four, th- 68.4%. He, he attempted the most short passes of any quarterback on this list. Okay, So that's where he ranks in, in that aspect. Uh, I don't see Patrick Mahomes now. On that list, I see Justin Herbert on that list. So now, if we go further down the list to the intermediate passing, neither is top five in intermediate passing. But how about deep passes, 20 or more yards? Again, this is the accuracy percentage according to PFF. Justin Herbert, fourth best in the NFL last season at 44.6%. Patrick Mahomes not in the top five in these accuracy metrics what do you think of that yeah it's not surprising to me i just i'm i'm i've been driving the justin herbert bus so uh you you saying that that you would take him over mahomes it's just reaffirming to me i'm a big fan of this guy i I, been you know seeing him hurt i was like oh no my guy i now how can this be this is his big year it's time for him to take the step so uh yeah i i I see what you're seeing with, with justin herbert it's there we're back I was right. Oh, wait, we haven't heard. I mean, you guys heard it. We did it. But even AJ admitted it. I admit it. Did you? Did, you were there. I mean, were you shocked at his tone, how adamant he was? It's like he was aggrieved. No, because I, I'm sympathetic towards his cause. Because I'm a big Herbert fan. So I didn't, I didn't judge his sentiment thinking that he was over the top. I was just letting him go. But why be so against Mahomes? Because that Mahomes had a play, he had a bad game, and he still won. He's a winner. Yes, Herbert's never made the freaking playoffs. I'm not arguing that. I mean, he just he's. A, let's be honest. If they don't make the playoffs this year, mm. Mm, oofa. Okay, to me, Kansas City is the second best team in football, and I believe that the Andy Reid stat, which is in September, how good he is, you know. In general, especially with Mahomes, thirteen and two straight up with Mahomes. Ten days rest. I also in September, right? Yep. yep. Ten days rest, and the perfect spot for a great team or a really good team is you win the game, but you don't cover. With, what did they cut? They didn't cover, did they? they did. No, they were laying three and a half, and it was three. If, okay, what was the, the final three? Okay, but. To, either way, it felt like a disappointment. It felt like a lucky win, which means Kansas City's focused, focused, focused. We and, got things to clean up. Andy Reid off a bye. We've all heard about that. Yep. This is a mini buy. 
And I think the I mean I think that they uh, the Colts aren't about winning this. I mean they want to win the game. You got to wonder is that the thought or is it like are we going to get fired? And I know they want to win, but if you're thinking about getting fired, I'm not sure you're focused on the game, right? I mean, do you like the Colts here, Vance? No, I don't. Know. I, I I got no dog in the fight here. At seven, I was looking at the Colts. Now that's down to five and a half. I mean, no. Let's, let's look at the look ahead here. So the world opener in this was six, and then it was 6.6 come Wednesday earlier. So there was a buy on uh, Colts today? Yes. Mm -hmm. Power move. Points in. Well, hold hold on. 6.5 to 5.5 isn't a power move. It all happened within like. Yeah, so so it was a, yeah, but it wasn't a huge move. It wasn't a huge move. It was a rapid move. Rapid move. Yeah, it was uh, in in, uh, concert. Together they made the bet. Yes. All right. I'm going to give you a trend, and I want to ask you if this even means anything because I found this online. Go with it. But Mahomes, the week after playing a divisional opponent, mm-hmm. 22 and one straight up, 18 and five ATS. Hmm. And the week after beating a divisional opponent, so if he won those games, 19 and 0 straight up, 16 and three ATS. Okay. So could the next opponent be a divisional opponent? Doesn't say, but after a, after playing a non-divisional opponent? No, 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 you're saying No, I'm just saying it's a week after playing a divisional opponent. Yeah, but you could play two division games. Sure, sure. Okay, but then the, that the, doesn't but this make sense. Isn't, but why is then, but here's the, the reverse of that. A week after playing a non-divisional opponent, he's 22-27-2 and two ATS. Because he's just, because they've already lost any games. Yeah, it's. But uh, they're not that good. At, yeah, I don't know. It's just Ken, weird. I don't know Ken, what do that You want to check that? Yeah. So it's D-I-V. You know how to do that, right? Yes. Okay. Do you um, think there's anything to that? Like, Well, well let's see what it is because yeah. I'm not even sure if those numbers are right. Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, that's why you said, hey, we fi- saw this on the internet. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Net YPP, Fez, number one in the league, Buffalo. Well, only plus 3.1. <laughs> number that, two, Kansas City. 1.7. And uh, three, Philadelphia. Ooh, Philly now. Ooh, hey now. Another September stat for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. His September QBR is 86.7. The next closest in history is 78.6. That's wow, Peyton Manning. That is big. And then, you know, last year when we were when Mahomes was going through his his downslide where everything was like, no, he, the league had solved Mahomes. Remember what the get right game was? The Raiders? The Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know who the DC of the Raiders was? Gus Bradley. You know who the DC of the Colts is? Gus Bradley. Mm. <laughs> now that is a good AJ's coming with the heat, baby. I love it. Yeah, the only thing that kept me off the Chiefs was that 0 and 2 against a non 0 and 2. 0 and 2 versus non. Oh, I hear you. Um, but I, I think that's a subset we really don't want to step in front of. But I think directionally, RJ, I, this is but, the but right wait, play. But wait, 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 wait. Indy's not 0 and 2. That's true. That's uh, true. That is true. Yeah. It feels like they're 0 and 2. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I didn't. It, I should be on this then. It goes to show you how the perception of the Colts. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, I want to talk about one more thing. I think Mahomes, well, one, that whole Bradley thing, Gus Bradley, that's a huge thing because no one could understand why he wouldn't change his defense. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like you said, get right, because they did what, what was proven wasn't going to work. Now, they don't have Tyreek Hill, so maybe it's not as effective now, but it's one of two things. They're either going to do the same thing again or he's going to do something he was so resistant to 
but then he's forced to do it. How can that be any good? Right? You following me, Faz? Yeah, I'm thinking about this. And, you know, isn't it funny how just we were like, oh, Kansas City, the offense, Mahomes, he's going to struggle. They, they got him figured out, and now it, we flipped it yeah, right back around. the funny around. thing was last year, the best yards per drive or points per drive in the mm. entire NFL was Kansas yeah. City. yeah. So the struggling means that they were number one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I just think that I think the Chargers made a statement with that game. Chiefs got out lucky, and I think this 10 days has been let's go, let's I, go. I agree. And I, I think this is really strong what you said about the, the phony win when the team knows it's phony motivates them, and they don't just get too big for the bridges. And the mini-buy, I think, is big, too. More preparation for the, the better coach. And in general, one of the great trends, great trends, is a buy with a road favor. Now, here yeah. we got 10 days with a road favor, but in general, they don't look they don't look past the team. And this Colts team was projected to be a playoff team. 10-win team. So, I mean, what I'm saying is I don't think Kansas City's taking them lightly. No. Is Frank? I mean, I guess we'll get to the. Uh, we're, we're at the Colts now. Is Frank Reich any good? He's he's the second favorite to be the first coach fired now. Well, of course. Who's number one? Uh, Matt Rule. I don't know. I think I. I mean, I. Uh, who Ursay could be drinking. Who he could fire him during the game. <laughs> yeah, like the, different quarterback. The, the, the Q rating on Frank Reich by choice. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that's the GM. Like everybody thought two years ago, Frank Reich was like an innovator, and now it's like, oh, should this guy even be coaching in the league? It's pretty wild. Well, remember, Peterson is getting a redemption story now. He's like, oh, he's better than Urban Meyer from Philly. But the talk was Peterson didn't know what he was doing, and Frank Reich was the guy. Right. Hmm. I don't know. Well, now, if Wright gets fired, does he go to Washington to be with Wentz or does he go with Peterson? <laughs> I don't know. All right, anything else in that game? Uh, now, I was the only one on that, huh? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Scott, you yeah, had I'm one on, on it? Yeah. You going to make a case? I did. I didn't hear it. What did yeah, you say? We talked about what RJ said. I talked about the Colts uh, being one of the worst offenses in the league. Okay. I talked about that crazy Mahomes stat. I asked you what that means. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, we have those numbers, by the way. All right. So when in division again, three and out. All right. So what is the, all right? So if he plays division, he's in division again, three and out the next fourteen and seven after that. But the question is, what's his ATS on all games? Because if it's sixty six percent, I mean, this won't this won't mean anything. Mm. In the Mahomes era, the Chiefs are 40 and 36 and 2. That's it. Really? Yeah, so where's he losing at? Because if you play a division game, then the next week you're good. Is he bad in division? But you were saying something about if they play if a non-division game. A week after playing a non-divisional opponent, 22-27 and 2 ATS. 22-20. Oh. Chiefs are only 13 and 12 in division, so maybe there's some, yeah. loop, uh, you know, Discouraging so, things with the Chiefs in division that people get off the Chiefs the next week. Well, luckily they were in division last week. That's what really matters yeah. to me. But let, let's think about this one second. You, pl- in theory, you play a tougher, more important game in division. Mm-hmm. So you should have a forty-eight percent against the spread the next week, or forty-nine. Now, I would say in general, Mahomes is going to do much better out of division, and here's why: because you got a unique talent. And if you don't see the way he can throw that ball, it's almost like with Lamar. The Steelers do very well against Lamar. Yeah. We, we talked see, about that pre-production, yes, uh, for yeah. that very factor. So, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Just I don't care. Um, just give me non-division games, all right? And I want to know 
We know how they are if it's a division game before, right? We got that number. What is it if it's a non-division game followed by a non-division game? What are they in the second game? How about it? Because I'm just, I'm just wondering, are they just better in non-division games in general? Because remember, the Raiders had the Magellan. <laughs> Victory lap, baby. Okay, next game. So that was my four. So we're going, we've done your four, Fez. Scott's four. Yeah. Crossfire. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's against who? Against you. No way. Yes. He didn't have the balls to do that, did he? Big balls. All right, he's got a four. Day balls. On Detroit. Yeah. But it's almost like you take the last week. We should look who wins by the most points last week. It's who you're going to have this week. <laughs> All right, really? Detroit, and I'm taking Minnesota, who somehow looked horrible. Go ahead, bud. So uh, the Lions, for me, fall into the rookie head coaching trend that we talked about last week. And, and In second year. No, no, no. I'm talking about against Kevin O'Connell. Oh, oh. I'm okay. Sorry, so remember, rookie head coach is laying six or more. Since 2012, ATS, if you include 0-2 this year, 29-46-2 ATS for 37.6% coverage against the spread. Uh, under Campbell, the Lions might have a bad straight-up record, but we know they cover. They're 13-6 and against the spread. They play hard, and they're never out of any game. They never feel that they're out of any game. Uh, I think playing on the short week for Minnesota is going to hurt them because I think this is a physical game against Detroit. And I, I just think that Detroit comes out. And the, the way that we view Jared Goff, do we have to kind of change our mentality on him a little bit? Because I don't think he's as bad as people might think that he is. Uh, in looking at pressure ratings, as, we, as, as I gave out that stat on Tua earlier, Jared Goff, top 10 in the league in quarterback rating under pressure. Remember, that that is a very noisy stat. If anything, uh, you can almost say, well, what is he not under pressure? That carries forward. So, I mean, and I'm not sure. I think it doesn't carry forward even within the year, you would think. But that's always interesting when I talk about regression. Do you expect it in-year? I think you do. Hmm. Huh? But go ahead. Yeah, I just think, well, what's the tendency of most uh, defenses? Do you, do you go, you know, drop back in coverage or pressure the quarterback? Well, I think against Goff especially, he, you know, as Mike Lombardi talks about, if he gets to go back and set up, it's like he's playing in a pump, pass, and kick, and he's got a great arm. That's why he was drafted as high mm -hmm. as he was. Put him under pressure, he doesn't process as fast. But the numbers show you through two weeks, he's top 10 in the league. And what we're saying is that that probably is a sign of Detroit being overrated because you don't think – there's no guarantee anyone is going to do well mm -hmm. under pressure long term. Sure. Because Mahomes – oh, I'm sorry. Herbert was a good example of this. Real quick, his rookie year, Herbert had amazing under pressure numbers. Okay, not under pressure numbers. Now, last year – if you look at his stats, they're about the same. Year two is year one. You think no progress, except that flipped. His under-pressure numbers were horrible. His not-under-pressure numbers were great. So he mm -hmm. took the thing that you can control and improved it. If he would have had no, uh, pressure numbers like the first year, he would have won the MVP. So even, even Herbs can't continue under pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure that so, I think that speaks to me, you know, my side here. Lions are second in scoring offense and points per game, 35.5 points per game. They have scored at least 35, obviously in each of their first two games. Uh, and they are one of five teams to average 400 or more yards of total offense 
through the first two weeks of the NFL season. They can become the fifth team since the year 2000 to score 35 points and record 375 yards. They do that again this week. Well, a computer worked out. I think a computer blew up on that one. 375 yards? Well, Where's that coming they, from? They, well, they've averaged over 400 to no, the first understand. two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they come close to that again, it'll be historic because if they score, if they do what they did in the first two games for the third straight game, it's going to be, it's rare. So, so what does is, what is, uh, Football Outsiders have Detroit's offense? Getting that. All right. So here's my thinking. This, this is a pure value play to me. I don't think Minnesota deserved all the love they were getting after week one. And that's why I faded them in week two. But I don't think that they're horrible all of a sudden. Now I think they're somewhere in between. I think Minnesota, you still could probably upgrade them a little bit, right, Faz? Same as, nope, but got them right where they started the year. What was it? Tell Eighth. Me. Eighth, okay. Got them one point better than an average team. Really? So, boy, it feels like that Green Bay win was more impressive than the the, the Philly loss was kind of, negative. They Especially were bad in against Philly. Like, you know, if we're going to talk about, well, how they do after the, the Patriots, you were saying, like, mm-hmm. they beat the Patriots, they got to be upgraded. I think you beat the Packers like that, you have to give it some credit after seeing the Packers for a second time. Mm-hmm. Though the Packers against the Bears, you know. Yeah. I mean. That, but dominated them. But they could run. That's back to that, how good is the team? The ball's on the one-inch line. Do they give the Bears the touchdown or not? Say it again. Uh, the final score was twenty-seven to ten, mm-hmm. but the, the the Bears on fourth and one, like the ball got into the end zone by an inch. It's a seven points. Uh, oh, you're saying they did get those points added though? They they did not get they the did. seven. And so why does it matter? Because if it was twenty-seven to seventeen, then we'd say, oh, they met expectations. They won by ten. They were That's late fair. ten. I, well, I think we'd say that three years later, but I don't think right now we would, right? Mm. I mean, would you have? You would have said it, they just made it by an inch, and it doesn't matter. I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just no, saying. No. Great Green Bay won by. They probably should have won by thirteen and a half, not seventeen in that game. I agree, but what I'm saying is, if since it was on Sunday Night Football and everyone watched it, mm-hmm. I don't think the takeaway would have been anything other. They got dominated. You know, the the pairs got dominated. Yeah. I'm saying three years from now, if we looked at the schedule, we'd say, oh, that wasn't so bad, mm. right? I mean, do you agree or not? Uh, I I just think. Whenever you see a blowout final score, a team sometimes gets slightly inflated. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But I guess is that even the I, – I guess the question is you've got you to gotta upgrade Green Bay off that game either oh, way, no, right? Oh, no. I agree. Uh, and w- which was AJ's point, I think. Um, let's take a look at – yeah. Huh. You're right, though. Minnesota – You look. I mean, it was 24-7 on Monday night, but – Man, come after the second quarter, they were no, like below twenty percent, and then they just walked. Mm. Okay. What worries me a little bit is Minnesota had a scheme advantage. It seemed like it was the first game for the coach. Comes in and tricks Green Bay. He tricked them. Now there wasn't any tricks up the sleeve for week two. Maybe, but I still think even the Minnesota who was just that you know. What were they? A borderline playoff team coming in, right? Yeah. Nine wins. Nine, nine point four. Yeah, I think that team should be favored by more than six against Detroit. So that's interesting. What do you got? Your power ratings telling us? Power ratings say six and a half. Okay. And to me, this play is simple. And I'm just going to quickly look at the line moves and then end my handicap here. Minnesota was seven and a half in the look-ahead line, okay? Now, what have they done? I mean, have they – 
I get the idea you're saying, oh, they're downgraded a point and a half, but through seven, like from seven yeah, and a half, it's like a double line move. I mean, through that's like two points. Yeah, or and then, but it went all the way to six. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a point and a half. And six you got is a point another to, important number. So it's like two and a half points yeah. line move. I think the most you can downgrade them is a point and a half off that game. Myself, what did you downgrade? Them? One point. Okay, so I mean, to me, you're saying the line should be about seven, maybe seven uh, plus a hundred, laying it. Yeah. And I, I'm laying six. I mean, that's all I'm looking for sure. here. I got another trend for you, though. This is, again, going up against the rookie head coach. So I already gave you the rookie head coach stat, which is 37% they only cover when laying over now six. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you do you have the ability to check that trend? Find out if it's exactly six, what it it's is. It's six or, oh, instead of six, over six, six or more, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes people will wrap a trend up with like a three and three at a certain thing, but they like it because it's on an even mm-hmm. number. You know, I got to say, I but, really like this trend. I had an epiphany yeah. when I heard it. Uh-huh. Because what, now, I'm a rookie head coach. I don't want to be a dum-dum. I don't want to screw up, right? Uh-huh. So when I get up 10 sit on a lead. or 13, I'm sit on the lead, run the ball, run the clock. Don't want to have to go into the presser and explain why I faked the punt, went for an onside kick, or threw the ball three straight times. Now, did Minnesota do that against Green Bay? Uh, no. Well, wouldn't that be a scenario they wouldn't want to screw up? I, uh, yes. So this is the trend that I'm talking about. The, the, the Vikings in next week have to go to London. Teams before, the week before traveling to London, teams are 25-34-1 ATS. I like that. And this I is like a that. rookie head coach now. Who has you not know, prepared would, I, for this London trip? I would take Jacksonville out because they do it every year and see it might be even better. I, I also think that weren't there some teams that like that would would, would fly when they were on the road and then they had to go to London. They would go on the road and they have to like pack for two weeks and then they'd go right to London mm-hmm. in the database and, and that so was yeah exactly. I'm just, I'm so just I think from a head, what I'm saying head is coach perspective yeah. that the worst break that out, split that out. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at it from a rookie head coach perspective. A guy who has not had to do this before mm-hmm. is now trying to prepare his staff. For I, the I trip think to it's. A, I think it's a good point, though. Fez's point. Let's reiterate that if you're on the road, then you got to go to London. It's going to be a lot more stress or a lot more distraction than if you're at home. But these teams are leaving for London later and later. Yeah, and it's yeah. They, they've and they've gotten better over the years, of course, at doing this. And I would say this: a Shanahan. So the Minnesota guy's a Shanahan guy, right? Again, or am I? No, he's, uh, he's oh, he's the, oh, I always get that. All right, same. Which you might same, as well be a Shanahan. Guy. Yeah, same concept <laughs> yeah. in that. I think these are the guys that in May they had three like GAs or whatever, you know, quality control people playing in every element of the. These young guys are so organized. They're so forward thinking. It feels like they can handle these trips more. But I think you're right. I think it's a factor, or it could be a small factor. I think. All right. Any other thoughts on this game? I mean, I guess the question is. Could this line be lower? I mean, think, could it be, could it be five and a half? It doesn't feel right at five and a half, does Only it? because of the hard knocks impact, people loving the Which, Lions. But we saw them betting against the Lions last week. You know, the, the market hated the Lions at post. Well, because that, but that was the pros betting. Yes. The pros bet them like crazy. I mean, against every game them, we yeah. had, was, I mean, didn't Washington, uh, uh, well, Washington was a favorite, right, against Detroit. Uh, Am I miss? I, I was Philly, missing. Philly, Detroit, week one. Oh no, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about I'm talking about last week. You're saying that Detroit was the favorite, then they got bad all the way to the yeah, dollar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is, remember, I guess I'm trying to rationalize our two and three last week mm. is um, 
So let, let me get this straight here. So we had Detroit against Washington, and the line closed Detroit plus one. Mm-hmm. Right? And the line was two and a half early in the week. So you're saying they're betting against Detroit. Yes. And you're saying in week one they bet against Detroit on Philly. I don't think they, there was actually. It was three. It was three, three and a half, right? And then it went up to six. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, of course. Both. Both games. times, money. So this is interesting. So but this some, is syndicate money it's coming like, in. You're right. It's like all week long, the public spent in Detroit, and then the syndicates just smack it hard, anti-Detroit. Both games. Interesting. This, this is good to talk about. We were having a, a text chain on, and let's make sure, by the way, guys, let's make sure on all the chains, let's have Scott and McKenzie and all of them, just because I want them to, you know, be kind of enjoying the conversation and, and, and uh, inputting. Um, listen, I think you were going to take Jacksonville anyway in the Circa, but when I was thinking through that Jacksonville, what I said was the line action this week, which was last week, and the week before, felt a lot like Cincinnati. Remember I said against the Bears last year where the Bears closed like at only like a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and I'm like, how in the heck could they only be one-and-a-half against Cincy? Well, and remember how Green Bay went to Cincy and the line was like three. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Sharps were on Cincy. They're on, Jack, they're on the Jacks. Right. And if, yeah. and to me, I think you got it. And, and let me ask you, Fez, how do you account for that? When you see those late moves on a team a couple weeks in a row, does that tell you that they believe the market's mispriced on it? And thus, whenever it opens, I'm not anxious to think it's going the other way. I think it's going to go in the same direction, you know, either for or against a given team. Yes. More of the same. The syndicates hate Detroit for whatever reason. Now, maybe they're going to reevaluate based upon what they might see. But until that happens, you would expect late money to come against them just like it did weeks one and two. And I think the hate of Detroit is the public is sharks versus squares, I think. Yeah. The public is betting a lot of Detroit off of hard knocks, off of Campbell. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy they play hard for. Did you see the thing where he was joking about uh, he got drunk? This was hilarious. He was saying he was watching the Monday night game. He goes, he woke up, his notes were all over the place, he passed out drunk, he said. He goes, he had to rewatch the game the next day. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty funny. Mackenzie, see if you can find that quote. Um, not to sound necessarily, though, if, you know. Okay, so who else, let's think about this. Who else has the Sharps really made a statement about? I'm thinking. Yeah, take a, take a minute. We'll play a little song, maybe. All right, here we go. Oh. Little Howard Cosell, you ready? It's good to have you with us for this event. It figures to be an exceptional one, one that doesn't need any buildup. Miami, back-to-back weeks. That they got bet. Yes, they got bet against New England. You remember that line went all the way from two and a half to three and a half? Mm -hmm. And then, boom, they took the Dolphins plus four and plus three and a half against Baltimore. Now, I don't know if I agree with this. I think that the... I'm not sure it was how syndicate the money was on that New England move, mm-hmm. but I also think that it was all about the injuries of the D-backs with Baltimore. As the week went oh, on... Was, this is more injury-related than team-related. It feels like... I can, I can Maybe I can ha- Let's call that. it half a support, but I, I don't think near as much. Yeah. All right. You keep looking. We'll come up with another thing. Oh, I love it. Well... Oh, here we go. This, uh, no, we'll do this one. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I am the entire desert. <laughs> Just 
picturing the hands like, you know. I mean, <laughs> I got one. I got to find it. When him and uh, Mean Gene and Miss Elizabeth, there was a little, uh, I don't want to say it was a menage a trois, but uh. there was something that was very troubling. What you got? Uh, New Orleans. Money all over them week one against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And money backing them big time against Tampa. Ooh. All right. I like this. Keep going. Let me do I'm, this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Keep going. There's no secret that the company I built, some call it an empire, is precious to me. That's Jock Ewing's will on Dallas. They hate, they hate wise guys hate Arizona. Well, all that apparently money, up to this point. All that money on Kansas City. Oh, remember that's at true. three and a half up to uh, six and a half. And then get this. The Raiders, yeah. Three up to five and a half against the Raiders. So two and a half point line move back to back weeks against those Cardinals. Hmm. AJ, this is be uh, whenever Scott makes. Yeah, I think when he gets too loose, he starts making a lot of jokes. You can just do this. And the comedy find of the year making his television debut. <laughs> Carolina. Money on Carolina back to back. They were like four-point dog against Cleveland all the way to becoming what, a favorite. And then some money back at post. But wasn't that move about Baker not playing? And, and, or, or, I'm sorry, about Baker Watson. playing? Uh, that part of it initially, yes, yeah. but it kept it kept moving, and then against the Giants, Carolina closed the favorite, uh, closed pick, excuse me, yeah. pick them against the Giants. So, let's think about this for a second. We had our losses last week was Carolina that we took what plus two and a half yeah. and it closed pick. Yep, and it was Washington that we took plus two and a half and it closed as a favor. Yep, that's how you beat me. That that that's that's how you beat me <laughs> and AJ. <laughs> AJ, we got to address this as Fez finishes. All right. Who forced McKenzie to take the Rams uh, or take um, Atlanta plus 10? Me. What were you thinking? It was my favorite pick of the week. You didn't care it went to 10? Didn't you hear Jimmy Vaccaro tell you? Wise guys bet numbers, not teams. I heard him say, bet number, bet ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how to make a bet that's, at the window. Yeah, because okay. there's a big crowd on Sundays. So. <laughs> I've never heard of Jimmy Vaccaro imitation. One more, Philly. Love him. All the money on Philly against Detroit, week one, all the way up to six at post. Boom, Vikings. The Vikings look great against Green Bay. Doesn't matter. Philly gets bet up from two to three. Will you commit to tweet out that list? Yes. At Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. Okay, so you see how to do that, Scott? Yes. You make it contextual. You can say, I'm going to show my um, eggs I drink in the morning before a workout or something. You can, you know, boom. Like Joe Rogan. Okay. How's your knee feeling, AJ? Better. It's uh, Is it ever, ever going to be 100% again, ever? They think so. I mean, I can't exercise until six months post-op. Oh, jeez. So. Now, didn't Terrell Owens come back and play like in seven months? Terrell Super Owens, Bowl. slightly better athlete than me. <laughs> he not as, not as heavy also. You said it. He would tell you, it's Terrell. Yeah, Fez, what the fuck? Ever since you start losing weight, you're like bull. You're weight shaming me. Uh, yeah, really. It's such, such garbage. At least, he, at least he's. I never talked about your today. tits when you were fat. I, I always avoided it. And now here you are, just first coming off, at first, me. First off, I gotta defend Faz. No, I'm serious. He was never fat. In fact, at his highest weight I've ever seen him, you got as much fat on you. Know, you got muscle too. But he, I don't think either of you guys are fat, though. So but, I wouldn't, but let's, it, let's use fat for fat people. Okay. 
if, if so, if neither of us are fat, why is one of us no, fat shaming the he, other constantly? I'm not saying, he, but two wrongs don't make it right. You know that. Go in your corner. Time out. <laughs> Please don't hit me. <laughs> don't limp over and hit. It'd be funny. Buzz running and he's limping, trying to change Kyler Murray style. All right, next game. What do we got here? Threes. Yes. All right, so Fez is three. Well, he's working. He's going to finish. Let's do my three. Oh, but it's me and Fez on a crossfire. We got to do it, Fez. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Houston, Chicago. Fez, who was on record as saying Chicago is the worst team in the NFL, likes Chicago laying, is it two and a half? All right. Late breaking. I got two separate tweets from two of my sharps mm-hmm. pointing me towards Wait, Chicago. The, the sharps, the sharps are sending you things on Twitter. I'm not tweets. It, oh, text. okay, text. Okay, text tweets. I'm trying to get my list together. Uh, Multitasking is struggle. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's why I don't have all these numbers. Oh. Number one, Davis Mills, completely different quarterback on the road than at home. So I'm the first to, to admit Davis Mills has become a. Not a good starting quarterback, not an average starting quarterback, but certainly a capable starting mm-hmm. quarterback, but much better at home than on the road. Much better than Fields. Uh, I have them comparable. Mm. I have them, but but on the road, I don't want any part of Davis Mills because of the disparity, and I don't have the breakdown. I apologize for that. So that's reason number one. I'll be honest. I, if you take should, out should the we one, have on the show. <laughs> if you take out the one home game against the Chargers, that COVID game. Davis Mills' numbers at home aren't, like, some fascinating thing. He had a good game when half the Chargers missed the game because of COVID. Here's the thing. I know that once you get against someone, nothing can change your mind. I was on the Texans last week. That's fine, but you won't give Davis Mills any credit. Here's the thing. The, The Texans themselves said, we are committed. We want him for another year. So as much as you probably know, having once had a press pass to the Houston Texans, about him, but don't you think that maybe they know a little bit? Lovey Smith, I know you don't love him as a coach, but you think he knows a little something as a sure. you know. So all I'm saying is, yeah, we're looking at these numbers. We have no idea really what the teams are thinking, and the teams just know more, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that very act of him playing means that they trust that he's good because they're tr- they're playing hard. It's not like they're not trying to win, right? You don't ever think they're tanking during the I game. I certainly don't think that. Yeah. Okay, second reason, and this might be like a little extreme here, but I've got a guy in Chicago. I don't think I am. So he's talking about the field in Chicago. So Chicago, remember they had that horrible Mm -hmm. field during preseason. Bermuda grass. And my guy's like, this is this is a unique, you know, playing surface to have Bermuda in Chicago. It's really unusual. And he said he's convinced that that's part of the reason. Now, I know it was a monsoon, but that that really went against San Francisco, getting used to that and the timing and everything. And now I got a quarterback that is coming in from a dome that's all of a sudden got to play on this quirky Bermuda grass in Chicago, a quarterback that already struggles wait, in the road. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Isn't it quirky for the Bears themselves? Well, they got to play on it last On the monsoon. And a monsoon. So, You're right. This is only their second game on Bermuda and, and, and also. And the first is on a, in a monsoon. That's true. So we got to throw that out. I don't know if they, if they how much they practice on it. Do, I don't how, know. You, I've never seen an NFL team practice on the field that they're yeah, going to play on. Yeah. Have you? I don't know if they laid down Bermuda on their practice fields to get used to it. I well, don't let's know. Let's find that out. Call your contact. Uh, yes. Here's the thing. Here's what's sneaky wrong about your Davis Mills thing. Hmm. Okay. So... 
Davis Mills only got decent after he came back. After you remember, Tyrod Taylor came back for like what two games maybe, and then Davis Mills, after sitting and watching a little bit, he came back and finished strong. Well, finishing strong, here was the games. They um, uh, they they beat Jacksonville thirty to sixteen. That was at Jacksonville. Okay. Then they lost um, 41-29. Oh, no, actually, they won 41-29 against the Chargers. Oh, my God, the Chargers lost to Houston. Yeah. That was the game. That was the COVID game. the Chiefs game. Oh, the co- what does that mean, the COVID game? The Chargers were missing all the— Was Herbert playing? Herbert played. Okay. He's supposed to win that game then. What was the line? The line was 14 and a half. They must have been giving money away, huh? Because we're not—he's going to—isn't that funny? It was one throw. He, he's got a name for it now. The he's, COVID game. The COVID game. The, the, oh, the team devastated. They had to be the 14.5 point under. No, actually, they were the 14.5 point favorites. But it's the COVID. That's as much as the Baltimore team was favored over Joe freaking Namath with 17. <laughs> well, I'll always remember that game because it was the game after I bought a Super Bowl ticket on the Chargers thinking I was buying low after they lost to the Chiefs. <laughs> you mean last year? Yeah, okay. and then they lost to the Texans. <laughs> the Chargers don't make the playoffs. I know. <laughs> um, so, so I guess the, then they played at San Fran. So you're playing at San Fran when they got the season on the line. It's gonna be a tough place to play. And now here they played at Denver, and they lost sixteen to nine. I mean, what's the sample size? And I mean, I get early in his first tenure, Mills wasn't good anywhere. You're saying too small sample. Eh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Justin Fields had eight completions one week and seven the next. A team with 15 completions in two weeks, we haven't seen, I think it was the early 70s is what they're saying. This Chicago team is literally. like Army football. I mean, seriously, (laughs) seven, 15 completions in two games? Think about that. They get it in a half now. What's his over-under for Past year, it's like 150. That's interesting. Can you check that? Yep. MZ, um, let's think about this a second. How you thought the Bears were the worst team, right? I, uh, yes, and in power ratings, but you I, have to upgrade Houston now. I have both these teams tied for last, I've got them dead equal. I, I, I don't understand. So, Houston um, ties Indianapolis. Right, and then they play uh, almost beat Denver. No, they they didn't almost. Denver almost beat Denver. Houston played oh. poorly. Houston so, played so now, poorly. So now it's not even if the stats. That, so the stat they got whomped in the stats. Denver. But what I'm saying it. is, but even if they didn't, you could have said, well, the coach gave it to them. Like the, at what point does that the, end? The bottom line of upgraded Houston half a point since the season started, and that's insane. Do you I, think it should I, be more? I mean, dude, this is a team that was an eight point. Well, it closed at seven, right? But it was an eight-point underdog, and they tied. And they were dominating the game. And then against Denver, they were plus 11 and a half. And they lose by seven. And it was, it was, a, it was a late score, right? Yes. So, I'm, so, I mean, if you play the Colts in Denver almost even, well, if they would have stopped the game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, both games, mm-hmm. they would have been like plus points by a, a large margin. Against those two teams, you can play seven-eighths of the game and only get upgraded one point by you. Well, it goes back to we got to wait the fourth quarter more, I guess. Well, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying— Not that is- much. I, I, I'm looking at the yards per play, 4.24, 4.2. They give up 5.6. 
That's a really negative YPP, really bad. Well, may, but maybe this is like the Belichickian where they don't their stats aren't as good, but their performance is because it seems like they surprise people a, a lot. I don't think Lovey Smith's going to get confused with Bill Belichick, though. Well, I I, I don't I, see any reason why he's going to outperform his stats going forward. Except we have uh, the GM, which was under Belichick for twelve years. Mm. So what's his name? Nick Casario. Uh, no, no, uh, not Nick Casario. Yeah, Nick Casario. I think AJ was sleeping. No. <laughs> Is that cereal with an S resting, or a C? Casario. He was resting. Casario. Yeah, he was resting his eyes. All right. Well, you see, this to me, I, it, it worries me, the bias. Because it's like, if I would have told you, I mean, just think about it, Faz. You fell asleep for two weeks. Didn't see week one, didn't see week two. You said, how's Houston doing? And we say, oh, they were up 20 to, th- was it 23? 20 yeah, to 3. Dominating. 20 to 3 against the Colts it, um, at home, meaning the game was in Houston, yeah. right? And somehow the Colts came back and tied it, okay? And then it, with Denver, well, I don't know, when was it tied? How much time was left? I don't know. Was it like 12 minutes? Houston was it tied. I thought Houston had like a three-point lead in Denver finally. A three-point lead with what, in the fourth quarter? Late in the third quarter. Okay. Yeah, early fourth. And if we would have said that and say, and they covered that, they covered both games. They're two and zero, oh, and yeah. it's not even close covering both games. And they were winning pretty much seven eights through the game in both games. Probably should upgrade them two points. Don't you think? Yes. Why do you think that is? The stats are so horrendous, and I know come week four, I'll I'll, I'll weight the stats much more significantly. So I don't want to just completely ignore them. I don't want to upgrade a team that has horrendous stats. I mean, but the Bears have horrendous stats too. Well, that's an interesting point. Well, what? the Bears I haven't upgraded or downgraded. They're they're really the Bears have bad what, stats. What, what, wait a minute. Okay, I can see that. I can see that because you got to give them credit for the San Fran. They did ob- go win. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, you want to talk about a fluke. It was win. a phony win, but we're still going to give them a little credit for it because it was a win as a seven but point that, dog. But under that theory, if you are a ten point dog and you lose by three, you got to get a little credit for that too. Yes. Right. All right. Anyway, what is the case that the – I mean, you can just say Vito Jr. or whatever, but what is the case for the Bears? It's I, all it's, it's all anti-Davis Mills on the road in a weird, quirky playing surface. That's my handicap. Except we've debunked both of those. No, you've, you've we presented – debunked the Bermuda grass. You have, you have presented opposing <laughs> views. I don't know if you've completely debunked it, but it's a great point you make that this Bermuda advantage yeah, probably isn't going to be the second time you play on it, especially because the first time was in a bathtub. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you don't think they can grow that grass down in Houston or get that grass shipped in in Houston? I'm not a horticultural expert. Texans practice in a bubble. They practice indoors. Man, they can bring that grass in there and they drag it out. That's what they do at the Vegas Stadium. That's yeah, what they I do with the, the Texan Stadium anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but their their practice facility is not that fancy. Well, I, it's been years since you had a press pass. So oh, that's true. Know. Yeah, maybe they've upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're saying back in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, I don't even, I mean, in a weird way, I don't even know what to respond to because he didn't say anything. That way. <laughs> I mean, the, the, if you say grass, I think you mean drugs or sweet. I'm willing to bet that Houston and Davis Mills has a losing record on the road this year against the spread. What does that have to do with this game? I'm saying the, the, they're on the, the road. Houston's bad, and the Bears are worse. That that's my general case. Do do me a favor, Mackenzie. Well, let's look. At, I know I was looking for something. Let me find the. Uh, 
Because I haven't looked at these if numbers. If this game was in Houston, I'd be advocating what are play Houston minus two. What do your power ratings say? Well, this says they're equal teams. Right, well, so my power ratings certainly don't have a two and a half point home field. Yeah. So my power ratings, I'm going completely against my power ratings, which I, I if never I did that, which I never do because I don't win when I go against my power ratings. And you're not going to win here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at this, I, flabbergasted maybe is the word. Somehow EPA with a 90 percent filter says, <laughs> how could this be? That Chicago is the 13th best offense in the NFL after playing in a monsoon. What's the Bermuda grass? <laughs> Could be, could be, it could be the grass of yeah the 49ers. Uh, now, but here's the thing: if you look at a success rate, which in the short term is more important, because those big plays come and go, right? Thirty second, the worst offense. What does Houston have? Oh, I don't know, the 14th. So you got, I got the 14th. You got the 32nd. And success rate is much more important for the short term. You know that. You should know it. Big you plays. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna okay. we're gonna get that guy wide open by forty yards again. And Sam, that was the turning point in the San Fran game. I don't remember what what was that dude's name. But Dante that, Pettis. Oh, who Dante the hell Pettis. is Dante Pettis? Well, let's exactly. just say it was fluky. Exactly. He was all alone. A I, former Forty Nine ers draft pick. Now, if we look at the um, defense, Houston's fifteenth. So the fifteenth, fourteenth in offense, fifteenth in defense. I think that's above average. It has to be. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be, but I'm sure. It is. I think it is. Then we look at Chicago. They're 32nd and 28th. Hmm. And they're laying, so? what, and they're laying three. They're laying, or two and a half. Right, two and a half to three. You can get three. Well, so, yeah, contest lines. 14th and 13th? Yeah, yeah. And they're laying three. No, Chicago Sh- no. is 32nd and 28th. Houston, and this is success right now. Mm-hmm. Houston is 14th. And 15. So I have an average team catching almost three at a terrible team. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> and Justin Fields has 15 completions mm. this season. I hope. Yeah, that, I'd go Houston. Yeah, I think so. What do you think, AJ? I, I'm, Houston would have been my side if I had to play one. Next game. I don't know. We're I don't the, we'll go my three way. I don't believe any of these numbers, to be honest with you. AJ? Uh, yeah, AJ I'm, has and now he's going against in absentia Diamond Dave Esler. Mm-hmm. And you're on Cincinnati. Oh, look, he's laying the lumber. Imagine that. Laying Road the favors. Yep. And had the Jets not just pulled off the fourth least likely win in the last four seasons. Momentum builder. And the Bengals don't lose a coin flip against Dallas. What would this number be? What was the the look ahead on this number? Because it feels like there was just a Six. massive overreaction to those two results. And clear, the Bengals are – I'm not trying to say they're not disappointing. They're obviously disappointing. But the the Jets looked like they were destined to lose by double digits so to, to answer, a mediocre Browns team. To answer your question, it was six, and now it's five. Okay. The, and the Bengals fall into that category, 0-2 teams going against teams that aren't 0-2, that 60% stat that we've talked about a couple times here. The Bengals' offense has been bad. The, pa- the, the pass protection has been bad. There's no doubts about it. But Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, that's who they've been facing. The Jets, 32nd. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. 32nd defensive DVOA. PFF grades the Jets 19th in pass rush, 26th in tackling, 29th in coverage. And on top of that, they've got health questions with key guys on defense. Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams, both questionable for this week. 
it just feels like the the market has quickly forgotten that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl a year ago. Like, and I was a guy who thought the Bengals were overrated coming into this year, and I think it swung the other way. Well, what should this line be? I mean, because the Jets are getting five five points at home. Yeah. So what should it be? I make it five and a half. Okay. I mean, I, that's what I'm confused about. I, is summer line was five, and the look ahead was. No, wait a oh. minute. Ho, ho. The summer line was five. Yeah. And the Jets have to have been upgraded this year, right? Yeah. I make it four and a half. Correction. Yeah, the Correction. Jets have been upgraded this year, right? Yes. Yes. Jets are, oh, just a half point upgraded. All right, but they're upgraded. Yep. And since he's downgraded, what, two? Two. Yeah. So it's two and a half oh, points. Cor- from- I'm sorry. Only one. Only one. How? On How? Because the Pittsburgh game, oh, I, fe- I didn't. <laughs> I did not downgrade them for the Pittsburgh loss. No, five interceptions shouldn't get any downgrade. Well, they really shouldn't because it turned, the fact you you're in a position to win with an extra point with 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 a minus four turnover is yeah, pretty, is, is you know. I agree that they, but at some point when the turnovers are stemming from the O line not blocking, the fact that he get dude gets sacked seven times every game and the revamped O line that they addressed but didn't fix. Year. Yeah, and, and you know that every interception isn't luck, right? I know. So you can't just say let's throw. I mean, we got Mackenzie. Break out the math from the Northwestern guy. Is what what has been Cincinnati's um, culpability? You know, what's been their culpability on turnovers and what's been bad luck? Take a minute if you need it. All right, continue on. Uh, that's that's generally so it. Can, when you were reading like all those numbers, could you do it one more time? Like when you said 28, 27. You could play. <laughs> Nine, number nine. It's a, he's for the Why are the Jets nine? upgraded? I heard annoying in there. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, no one can get the uh, the three. The three is a tough one because AJ tried. He couldn't. One more time. You ready? Check out the three. Six, seven, eight. From Sesame Street. Nine, is number the, nine. Is the three that? No, it's the, it's, it's the Tootsie Roll Pops. The owl, yeah. And that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a fucking pull right yeah. there. That was good. The yeah. Jets get upgraded because <laughs> RJ and I discussed this. It's true. They never should have gotten the ball back, but they did get the ball back twice, and they kicked ass both you times. you got to give them credit for that. I mean, you do. Now, if you want to believe that, go back in your time machine and say Chubb takes a knee, Cleveland wins by 10, and there's 12 seconds left in the game, then you wouldn't, but that but we have to look at what happens. And the defense, if you actually look at the success rate, their D played pretty well against Baltimore. There was a couple big plays. And, I mean, listen, that counts, but I think the Jets on defense look better. And I think Flacco's – listen, I'd rather Flacco the way he's playing right now than Wilson. And Wilson's coming back next week, I believe, week four. Well, I believe. That's that's the rumor. And then we'll see. We'll see what wants to happen. Apparently, Trey Lancer saying it's a three-year injury. <laughs> now, <laughs> a now, 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 one aspect of this game, whenever a team pulls a big upset, especially like a miracle, I don't want any part of them when they go on the road. So often they seem to let down. But when they stay home, mm-hmm. it puts them in the home underdog. Plus, you've been hearing the Jets' local media bitching for five, 10 years. You finally are getting to hear some nice Fireman things. Joe, J-E-T-S. Fire so man. home underdog, momentum situation. I don't know, McK- McKenzie, maybe you can run the query. So you pull an upset, you get an upset win. Okay, so you win as an underdog. And then the following week you're home and an underdog again. What? You're an underdog of how much when you win that Any first? amount. Any, any amount. amount. And you win. 
Okay. And then you're home, uh, yeah. and you're an underdog again. How do you do? Yeah, th that's actually very simple. This has got to be the number one survivor pick of the week, right? Because everybody's going to— Chargers. Well, I'm saying everyone's going to be like, the Bengals can't go 0-3. No. The Chargers and are And they're playing one. the Jets. All right, so here's the, the, the to-the-decimal-point turnover luck for Cincy. So first game, they lost 22 points to turnovers, seven and a half of it unlucky. So they actually, if you think about it, then there's going to be what, like 13 points or, or I guess 14 and a half points of turnovers that was their fault, mm. okay? Second game, zero points off of turnovers. And they were lucky, 4.6 points. So net-net on the year, they are like three points down in turnovers to luck. And the rest is skill. Not a lot. Okay. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, Mackenzie, that's strong. Who came up with this? Because the collective effort, I would give R.J. Bell the lion's share of the no, credit. No, 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 Free no, game no. research. I get the lion's share of the idea. The execution has been excellent. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm saying. Is he the MVP? The McKenzie? Very something. I don't I'm know. I'm just hoping he bails me out with this home underdog idea. Momentum situation. All right, he'll get that. It's only four little keystrokes. All right. So let's think about this. We're talking Cincy. So it seems like consensus you guys disagree with me. I don't know. Because I do think, I believe in Burrow. And I do think you got a point about uh, Parsons and, and, and TJ. Well, I mean, these are two of the three best def defensive, you know, I guess you could say four best. And he had the appendicitis. Which in theory is getting better and better. But no when's it get better? When's it get no, better? No reps. But when's it get better? Are we sure it's better now? I think so. What? But it wasn't better last week? He, I think he looks fully better. Then how'd they lose to Dallas? Cooper couldn't Rush. block anybody. So what we got, McKenzie? Just give us the numbers. 53% all-time home dog after an upset win. Fez, you've been saying that for 10 years. 53%'s good. No. He's games? saying they're winning. They're winning, right? Yeah, this is the Jets. They win. Yeah. At 53%. Okay, you're saying it's a losing situation. No, no. I'm saying it's a winning situation when you're going to pull an upset. But what we want to see is them on the road, Dan. That's the losing situation. Well, let's see if it is. Yes. Check that, McKenzie. Well, first off, 50, you didn't think it was a winning situation. You thought it wasn't a losing situation. No, I thought it was better. I thought it was like 56%. I'm oh. surprised only 53 And if you're on the road, 47%. Yeah, so it's 47%. Uh, with how many games? That one's nine, 850. It's a pretty yeah. big sample. No, I mean, I would say it's certainly not something you don't want to bet against, but yeah. certainly not a play on. But you blindly play it, you win. Uh, Playing every single that, one? I don't think there's – I, <laughs> here's the catch-22. If, if the circumstances of the league were the same for all those mm. years, but you, you just can't tell. You, yeah. know, you never get enough numbers to be sure in the NFL. All right, next game. What do we got? Oh, well, so, we got to listen to Asler. Let's let him finish the argument. Diamond Dave. Now, this is a guy. You might think, Diamond Dave, what is he? A flashy guy? No. Because he's also called Uncle Dave by some. Now, Fez, Diamond Dave came out to Vegas, what, numerous times before COVID. Maddie Hole, everyone's thinking, here comes some fresh meat. I, I tell you what, if it came down to um, unhappy blows, I'd take AJ first. But I would have taken Maddie against Dave. But fortunately, it wasn't decided in the ring, was it? It was decided on who, the field. Who said it was going to be field. decided in the ring? I thought it might come to that when these guys, the, how combative they were. Have you forgotten? I liked it. Yeah. I like people wanting to stake their claim. Yeah. Diamond Dave just parried him off, parried him off, and just took home a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, you go back in the system, look at every game, 
And you might think Fez, oh, two Super Contests. Well, yeah, it's damn impressive. Esler, win for win pretty much throughout your tenure. I mean, I'm in, let's just say this. Dave and I initially were a little contentious. I mean, I'm talking 10 years you ago. You were contentious with someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, well, back in the day. Oh. But <laughs> That's the old RJ. The old RJ was much harder <laughs> to deal with, which is true, sadly. Let's listen, though, to Uncle Dave. I love and I bet the Jets plus five widely available. I think the wrong team's favorite here. I drank the Kool-Aid, admittedly, when the Bengals met the Steelers. But I kind of knew better before that game even started. I was smart enough not to drink it last week against Dallas. I know many were expecting the AFC champs to play like the AFC champs, but we all saw how that just didn't happen. Betting on Cincinnati is asking a team right now to do what it hasn't yet done, or the do theory, which is a bet I just don't make. The Bengals may end up being the AFC's version of the overhyped NFC Vikings. They've got Miami next week, then Baltimore, then New Orleans, both on the road. They could conceivably end up starting 0-6. In fact, at some shops, they are now minus 180 to not NOT make the playoffs. Offensively, they're averaging 4.3 yards per play. The Jets are a full yard better. Defensive yards per play, Bengals look better on paper, but they played the Steelers with little offense and the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. They still only average 3.0 yards per carry on offense. The Jets are a full yard better. Trevon Diggs held Jamar Chase to 5 for 54 last week. I think Sauce Gardner does the same this week. It's not the week the Bengals write the ship. May not be the year the Bengals write the ship. I know the Jets had an improbable win over Cleveland, but it was a win, a road win, and for a young team, that's all that matters. The confidence level of these two teams has to be like night and day right now. The Jets, on paper, could have easily beaten Baltimore in week one, and I feel strongly they do beat Cincinnati this week. So I have another WTF, wrong team favorite game, and bet the New York Jets plus five points. Okay, continuing on, we got a double like here. The, the partners on Straight Out of Vegas AM, Scott and AJ. San Francisco 49ers, a point and a half favored here over Denver. I upgrade San Francisco massively with Jimmy Garoppolo. And watching the game and watching the way that the teammates oh, we responded. We got to say, the market, or at least the in game market, didn't agree with that. Fez, what happened in game? Yeah, nothing. At all. So Trey Lance, good five-minute delay while they carting what's left of him off the field. No, 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 no. We don't want to make fun. The guy, it's a career for this guy. The, the bottom line, the line's 10 and a half. San Francisco's favored. I actually felt, I mean, when I saw it happened, I was upset on a couple levels. One, the poor kid. Number two, all the comedy we're going to lose, right? <laughs> Number three... I felt bad for McKenzie. He's, you know, so I don't, you know, I'm just saying. So live wagering number didn't move. I'm a San, sweetheart. San Fran minus 10 and a half before the injury. San Fran minus 10 and a half after the injury. I bet it on live because I think it's, I'm on an island. I have. Well, well, but hold on. The market post game seems to like Jimmy G. Yes. And remember this live wagering, like people are in a panic. Somebody get me a rating. What, what the rating different people don't have time to digest what's going on versus now. Oh. You're telling me that is a game that's getting a lot of live bets. They don't have a contingency for the backup quarterback. 
They got to. Especially mm-hmm. one as high profile as Jimmy yeah. G. You know, you're giving, we talk about liquidity, though. You're giving these these operators a lot more credit. They don't even know that, like, I mean, we're watching the game. It's obvious to us that Lance is out for the year. But, I mean, they're they're just running their models. It's good. Sometimes it takes them up to five minutes. It's not like LeBron James just got carted off and there's only one game in the NBA Finals. Right. Okay, you know? so, so net, net then, then we can agree. I don't know about massive upgrade, but the market post-game has been pro-Jimmy G. By a couple points, right. yes. Yeah, so I, I I watched the performance last week, as we all did, and, and the reaction, and we saw this going around social media, there was the video circulating about when the, the offensive line picked up Jimmy G after he was on the floor and the reaction to them. It just, from somebody that doesn't, uh, I'm not a 49ers fan or anything, I'm just looking from an outside no, perspective, it looks like they, like Jimmy's their guy. They love this guy. He took him to a Super Bowl. He took this team to the championship game well, last year. You remember year. after they lost last year in the championship game, they said, we really wanted to win this game for Jimmy. Yeah, what kind of disaster if they didn't sign Jimmy G? They were wanting to get rid of him for a fifth-round pick. Oh, if, man. If they didn't sign Jimmy G, what kind of disaster would that be? They'd be screwed. I mean, yeah. they'd be. They, we'd be talking about them as like a. a are they going to finish five hundred? Who, who's Who's the next guy? Who's the next Sudfeld? S- I think it is. Nick Sudfeld. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Who from Iowa State? What happened? Mr. To Irrelevant, right, McKenzie? What happened to Bethard? What did they did? They, they had like two good backup quarterbacks and Brock Purdy. Now, and again, Jim, let's be honest. Jimmy G gets hurt, right? So we'll see. But another thing, Jimmy G takes him to the NFC Championship game. Very possible. What happens next year? Jimmy G's the quarterback. Well, first off, he's not on a contract. No, well, I think they, I think they sign him, yeah. So, um, and, and, they, and they what? What do they do with Trey Lance? Tom Brady. They try to trade him for Tom, a second round Tom pick. Tom Brady's the quarterback. A second round? Where are they going to put a million dollars in? And uh, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think he's on the 49ers next year if they, if, they, if they have that good of a season. All right. I was told I had to do this contractually. Mackenzie redraft last year's quarterbacks. Oh God! Oh wow! I hadn't thought about that. Wait, but do I have like the knowing think, what we know now that that Trey? Well, we know. We're, and, and yeah, it's we're not here today. That yeah. Trey Lance can touch his ear with his foot right now. Like, oh come on, and, come and it has on! Nothing I don't to do like, with hey, the hey. fact that he's hurt. It's the fact that he got hurt after like twenty rush plays. I think you made it a great point, RJ. It's the fragility. It's the fact that we know now he's not Lamar Jackson. He can't hack it. Which is what a lot of serious people were saying. I think it was um. Joe, what's that dude's name? Um, ah, he's one of the analytics guys that's really understated. Uh, uh, the guy that did air yards, Hirschmeyer or something. Josh Hirschmeyer? Yeah. yeah. He said, you look at him run, he doesn't run naturally, and he's going to take a lot of hits. And, I mean, that's what's happened. And on the radio, I remember I was listening yeah, that day. Yeah. I said he took like 27 R- hits. And, and, and R.J. Bell, the great one, yes, I'll take said, it. you know what? The signing of Jimmy G coming back um, this and in terms of long-term prospects, good for San Francisco. But in terms of the prop market, gotta look at Trey Lance under you. Like, ooh, I like that. Yeah, I think so. But I also said right on SOV two is he took like twenty-seven hits in week mm, one, yeah. and I said that's not he can't sustain that. No. And now we look at just just from the opposite perspective here of the Denver Broncos. A lot's been made of Nathaniel Hackett and maybe his inabilities to be a head coach. I also think what's not being acknowledged enough is that the entire main coaching staff of the Broncos are in roles they've never had before. Mm-hmm. Their offensive coordinator was never an offensive coordinator. Their defensive coordinator was never a defensive coordinator, and their head coach was never a head coach. This is the first go-around for three 
leaders of your team. Yeah, there's a massive coaching edge. Huge. For the and you want to say, all right, well, altitude, Denver, home field. Who knows it better than the Shanahan's? They're prepared to go there. They know what goes on in Denver. Well, as long as they don't have some key injuries, they should be, oh, but their wide receiver, Jerry Judy, got hurt, and their shutdown corner, Sertain, Sertain got hurt. Jr., yep. We'll see if he plays. Uh, that's not good either. I, I think the 49ers are a better team than the Denver Broncos with Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback. And we've seen the Broncos' offense has struggled against mediocre at best competition defensively so far this year. Seattle, Houston. Seattle and Houston. That is one cupcake schedule. The 49ers fifth in defensive DVOA. This is still an elite defense. I don't know how Russell Wilson moves the ball the way this thing's going. But let me ask RJ this one, market-wise. Yes. Nothing has changed. Everything, great comments, I think, from everybody on this about why we're pro-49ers and we are anti-Denver. But all this was true on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and we could have bet plus two, and got we all texted and each all, other about it, and we all did. <laughs> we all texted each other about it. <laughs> so it's gone from plus two to minus one and a half. But we're moving through the zero. It's not that as big a move as it looks. What do you think? Here's what I think. I think how do we bet what's the most obvious thing? Mm. Like right here, we're saying 49ers are better with Jimmy G. It seems like that the team has better morale with Jimmy G. He's there now. His injury issues may come in the future, but likely not in this game. And Denver looks horrible. The coach can hardly coach. How's the value on that? It's too obvious to me. I know sometimes the obvious ones come in, and I bet an obvious one last week and lost Cincinnati. The reason I did that was I remember Dallas after that got hurt the last time. They looked so bad that next game. I figured, okay, got the same coach, kind of expect it. Well, listen, they played well. I, it was a square play in a way, you know, Cincy. My other choice there was Miami, and I was just on the border of Miami. And then, uh, But anyway, to me, oh, we got McKenzie here with the best bet on San Francisco. Let's let him give a little take. Go ahead, bud. I love this spot, this spot for the 49ers. I don't think they lost anything without Trey Lance. I think people are wondering if they're going to be down. I don't think they're going to be down. I think they're going to be up. If it was Trey Lance or if it was Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd like the 49ers in this spot. They're a road favorite. On the road, Shanahan has done great, just like his dad did, very buttoned up. It's what they do well. And if you look at the tree, Shanahan, McVay, McFloor, all assistants on Washington together. Does it sound like he has echo on his voice? He's like No, but he just called him McFloor, though. Like, I think he was thinking McFlory. He might be hungry. McVay, McFloor. McFloor. I, I like McFlory. peanuts. You know I'm on a fast <laughs> day to bring in the go McFlory. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Thanks. Go ahead. It's a 60% trend. I've been playing it for years. I love Shanahan, LaFleur, McVay on the road when they're not a big favorite. 60%. Less than 2% chance right, of happening This is interesting. Randomly. Let's look at this now. So these three, Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, which I think are the three different um, flavors of McFlurries. Yeah. Is Shanahan since two, no since 2017, is that his first year coaching? All head coaches, all years. All right, so just say career then. Um, just because it looks like you're cherry picking it. Sure. 26 and 15 for Shanahan, LaFleur 13 and 8. So they're all. Now, why would the Shanahan system lend itself to this? Small road favorites. I think it's personality. I think it's the. No, being able to, to Yeah, to, bunk, to bunker with your coaches and just have a week mm, I like together. It. I, I mean, it's, it's, hey, it's consistent. Sound hey, game going, management decisions in close games. Going further with a trend that I found uh, searching the web 
uh, Kyle Shanahan with Garoppolo at quarterback when they're shorter than a three-point favorite, 13-3 and three ATS. Huh. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know something? It's just, don't you agree, Fez, in general, if something looks too obvious? Like, isn't this the play? Would it, if you had a 14-year-old kid, let's say if oh, Johnny's pretty smart, maybe he wouldn't fall for the trap, is a typical 14-year-old still, kid. I'm still waiting for him to, like, win one time against you rock, paper, scissors. Well, I'm not, I, I might have to retire and say that I've been banned. Um, like the casinos, like the old-time blackjack Johnny, counters. just look at, the, look at your clock, and it says 0 to 20. I want ah. you to rock 20 to 40 scissors. Just make it random. But wouldn't you agree a typical 14-year-old, if you taught him a little bit about batting, he'd be like, Denver's bad. <laughs> Jimmy G's good. He's good looking. I went. I mean, like, wouldn't that be the handicap? Yeah, Denver doesn't have the home field. They always had. They're so, they're so screwed up. They got to count the shot clock down on these guys. And let's not forget something. This is week three. The, that Denver's Denver trend, good weeks one and two for whatever well, reason. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, though the trend broke on three, how different can it be? Meaning that maybe it's just a couple of bounces. I mean. In general, whenever a trend just drops off a cliff, I don't believe it. Well, we think we we theorize that teams it's, are out of shape in preseason. Yeah, but how much? But that's the thing, right? And week that would one take... and week two. So week one, you had nothing except preseason time, right? Yeah. And then in week two, you had one week. Now in week three, you got two weeks. How so diff- you're, because yeah. you're kind of in game shape by week three. Well, I you're think just it's making valid. that up, though. Well, the data. Maybe I'm dead data let's mining look at it. The, yeah, let's look at the numbers, though. So what is week three, McKenzie? Six and 11 and one. It goes 72% week one, Broncos at home, 56% week two. For whatever right. reason, 35% week three. Now, so I'll tell you this. This tells me it's really week one only. Yeah. Because in a weird way, we're, this is an example where you can blend two. One's a monster. One's just above break even. But it seems like it's blended. The number's great, but it's really the first one. Yeah. So you're you're not used to playing a All full right. game, and you have to play an altitude, and you okay, get gassed. Okay. Then I'll, I'll actually then back up and say forget week three because I'm going to forget week two. Mm. A lot of people were looking to play last week. Now remember, we found out if they were favored by more than a touchdown. I think it was. It didn't work anymore, even in week one and two. Right. So. That's interesting. Take go uh, find where that break point is, and let's see what week one is with that. Just look at week one. No, actually, look at both with that break point because maybe week two gets good. I want it. All right, because I don't mind a fifty-six. You give me week one, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Give me week two, it's fifty-six percent broad. Now, if I am going to just clip off big favorites, I'm very comfortable with that because it's fifty-six percent anyway, mm-hmm. right? I just hate when there's a bunch of break-even things. And then you find a subset that's good because you don't know if the underlying, if it's just fluky or not. And, and I, I could argue weeks three and four, then all of a sudden, what's why would it be below 50%? It's like, oh, because the narrative comes out so hard to play in Denver early in the year. You know, and, you're and saying the, the price is it a gets priced and it shouldn't get priced at all. Yeah. Or maybe they're a little lucky in two and, the, and a Probably. little unlucky in three. Probably. Now, this trends are art, not science. Yep. Let me tell you. you got, the numbers are science and then the art comes in. I do. I, I do. Kind of All right, wrapping up this what, game. Go. I do kind of think about what you say though. Like this is ob- this is the obvious play. It scares me. And the obvious play is better on a Wednesday than it is on a on a Saturday though. Well, yeah, but it was better on a Sunday the week before. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and we are playing against the line. I mean, I'm not playing it. I, you know, yeah. it's just too. You know. But I see it. All right. Good. All right. Next game. No, I, I would say if I had to, if I was forced to bet that game, I'd bet the 49ers for sure. Luckily, no no one's forcing me. 
<laughs> little crossfire between Fez and I coming up next. Oh, oh, I got Fez. Which Raiders at Titans. I got. Okay, I got the Titans plus two here, and I'm going to be honest. This is a just a gut feel. I don't think the Raiders are any good. I think the Raiders are an overrated squad that won four games in overtime last year. And the narrative was, oh, they picked up a number one wide receiver and they're gonna that offense is gonna be awesome. And inherently I think the Raiders are just an overrated team. Now, wait a minute. How much of this is if they would have held on to that lead, the same flip side to Arizona, they'd be one and one and having lost to Herbs and, and having the ball one drive. Really, it's hold on in week two. And one drive in the 2-0. Yeah. Right? So uh, let's look at the underlying stat. You continue, and I'll get the underlying stats lined up. All right. You know, another thing, who's the Raiders' number two wide receiver? Well, Renfro, right? So Renfro, he didn't fumble on the last play of the game. He fumbled on the last two plays of the game. The Raiders recovered the first one. Second one, not so good. Arizona does the pick six touchdown. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I got an overrated number one wide receiver that the market's reacting too much to, and I got a number two wide receiver that Carr, is he going to trust him after back-to-back fumbles that ultimately cost him the game? I'm concerned about that as well. Okay. What do you got, AJ? This Titans secondary is an absolute mess, and I had a prop on pregame.com last week for Stefan Diggs over receptions because they— This was a pick of yours. Yeah, once they announced Christian Fulton out, the depth in the secondary for the Titans is non-existent. Caleb Farley was a first-round pick in 2021. He hardly played last season because he tore his ACL. Through two games this year, he's 90th out of 108 corners per PFF. Did Diggs even play in the fourth quarter? Uh, no, he didn't. Still but got he over. Still 100? had 12 catches. He, so his prop was six and a half. He had that beat at halftime. 12 <sighs> catches, 148 yards for Diggs against Caleb Farley. You know what's interesting? If you looked at Josh Allen's over under entering the game, it was well below what you would expect. In this Monday night game, and someone was saying they speculate that they think that it's going to be such a blowout that he'll sit, which he ended up doing. Uh, You know, and rush yards. You know, I think one thing we can do, and I'm not like a huge prop guy, Mm -hmm. but he only had one carry for ten yards, and so I'm thinking we can points of demarcation when the Bills, whenever they play a competitively priced game, we bet them over for rush yards, Mm -hmm. and whenever it's supposed to be a blowout, game management, no reason to get injured playing these guys. Yeah, I wonder though. Did he do that run early in the game, or because maybe once you get up twenty one, is it yeah, first early. quarter? First quarter. Yeah, yeah. So that's my guess is if they weren't up so much, he, yeah. So I, I'm sorry, but now you bring you, you can say an overrated number one wide receiver, but Devontae Adams should have a field day in this. Yeah, game. that's a good point. Titans' lack of a pass rush too with Harold Landry out for the year is just what what it's, it's it's been shown. What what is his over under on on passers like ninety five? Raiders wide receiver reception oh. yards. I don't. I, I don't do a bunch. of Adams. Got it. Yeah, McKenzie. All right, so let's look at this real quick, just to compare. So we're looking at. Um, let's see here. The Raiders, right, is the first team we're looking yep. at, and we'll look at success rate. And on offense, they are 16th, middle of the road. And on defense, the Raiders are. Now this is fascinating. If you look at the the filtered, 90% filter, 17th on D, the Raiders. 30th all plays, Mm. 30th all plays. So it shows you some of those plays on the comeback were taken out, which shows that filter's probably too broad. We need to get that back. If a team can win, they shouldn't filter those plays out, in my opinion. Um, Okay, 
And then the other team? Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans. Not what they used to be. Number one yeah. seed in the AFC last year. Well, they started off on, well, I guess they're on two now. Okay. Ooh, ooh. This is interesting. If you look, this is crazy. 90% filter. They have the eighth best offense in the NFL with no filter, the 31st. <laughs> well, they're almost the entire game after the first quarter was garbage time against Buffalo. Yeah. They, they put in Malik Willis for the final How'd know, he look? 17 minutes. He was one of four, did not look. I, I, I turned it off, actually. It's kind of, I, I kind of don't like that they put him in because they, I mean, by anyone who watched him in the, or any expert, and I'm not that when it comes to quarterbacks, but the people I respect said, oh, he can't even do a first read. He's mm -hmm. got years to go. He might end up being Sunday. It's going to be years. You put him in, all he's going to do is look bad. Why yeah. would you do that? So you can play the under live. Okay, I'm going to go success rate, no filter, just to keep it simple here. So Tennessee on offense, 19th, 19th. And on defense, 19th. Okay. So 19th, Fez. <laughs> yes. That seems good for them, doesn't it? It does. It, it, I mean, Tennessee, obviously. Big well, remember, they were leading most of the game in week one against the Giants. They should have won the game. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So in a way, we're calling that such a bad loss, and it was, but they stats-wise, they don't. They, they, they kind of lost a coin flip where the coin was biased in their favor, you know, and Giants, every, everything well, went right. It was more than that. It yeah. was like, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is it's just the Bills, but if the Bills crushed, just crushed the Rams, uh, are we really going to make Tennessee out to be? I actually like Tennessee this week. I, I think the short week also, the coming off Monday night, isn't as big a deal because they got smacked around so bad that all their starters were out at the end of the third quarter. I think that's a plus. What do we think about Henry? I mean, he does not look. look yeah. he, eye test says he just does not look dynamic. You know, there's a couple plays where we, we mentioned this with the, the New York Giants running back, uh, Barkley. Mm -hmm. Like last year, he never could have turned that corner and had that long run. Not a chance in a zillion years. We're talking week one or two? Week one. Mm -hmm. And how do you look week two, you think? Fine. Looked all right. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I mean, healthy. Explosive still. Yeah. And and I, I haven't seen that explosiveness with Derrick Henry. Okay. I, I mean, here's my question. The more I look at this, the more I like Tennessee. So let's just look at one more thing here. Um, Fez, you got the uh, – oh, here it is, the lineman. Where's the line? I got to get organized. It's basically been pick, and now Raiders have flopped to a two-point favorite after Monday night. It was – yeah, it was plus one in the summer, and now it's minus two and a half. Okay. <clears throat> or minus 2.7. So, oh, 2.7 now. Yeah. So it feels like we have a lot of opportunities to say recency bias. Now, sometimes, you know, there's a reason to be biased, you know, I they guess. They got their butts kicked. Didn't you see it last yeah, night? Yeah, I, I got to be <laughs> honest with you. I like, I mean, are we really saying the Raiders should, should be a road favorite? I mean. If we did the, the two-point trick, I know we're going through a really key number here. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if those line was pick them, we wouldn't really. We'd eh, no, maybe lean Raiders, and if we made it four and a half, we'd be if like. We, but if you made it three, it wouldn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, if you made it, if, if if you made it three and a half, you'd be like, oh, we're we're just fire the muskets. Yeah, I agree. And let's just do a flip now. Yeah, so, would, would the Raiders be four and a half at home? Well, um, no, it'd be more than that. It'd be if you give it even oh, yeah, four six points, and a half, it'd be yeah, six and six and a half. So, I mean, that's. I mean, no one. It's funny the lines are so tight. Like even. Even like the 
teams, I mean, think about it. The Jets, I mean, we got, uh, I guess that's on the road. Let's look at this. Um, well, Minnesota-Detroit's only six. So we're saying the distance from Minnesota-Detroit is comparable for, to from o, or from the, uh, the Raiders to Tennessee. That's ridiculous. Minnesota's the, the playoff team, and Detroit's going to win seven games. Yeah. So who was on? Who was on? I'm on the Raiders. Not good. No. And who was on the other side? Fez. Fez, I'm I'm with you, bud. You you still like it? I, I again, this was like it was my number. It was my one weight, so it's not something I'm thrilled about. But it's injuries for Tennessee are concerning. Next game. What's next? You take it, AJ, from here. Uh, that will be Fez's one weight. That is the Carolina Panthers. All right, Carolina. I'll make this short and sweet. Hosting New Orleans. Carolina's 0-2. No, they're not. They're 0-0-2. They basically have played two coin flip games, and somehow they lost both of them. Last week they lost to the Giants. Interesting game. Now, I'm sure a fourth-quarter win share isn't going to be overwhelming in favor of Carolina, and the reason being is the first quarter when they fumbled the opening kickoff. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. At some point, something's got to count. They fumbled well, They fumbled the opening kickoff. Chubba Hubbard. That happens with no, bad teams. No, it doesn't happen. Teams Carolina had a 41% chance. And they fumbled the next drive. So they fumbled the first two drives. That's and what they happens. Never, they, they never recovered from They I, I watched the whole game. They outplayed the Giants. YPP, a little over five for Carolina, under four for the Giants. Phony win by the Giants that was fueled by the six Those extra points. Words. Two and fourteen ATS. The Carolina Panthers are in the last sixteen. Yeah, games. I like that. At some, no, I like. Yeah, I did. Oh, I nine. Know. Their last nine. At some point, it starts to be something you got. The market doesn't adjust for enough. You know, there was a book called The Underdog Theorem. That, yes. This was talking about baseball. No, um, oh. it was talking about um, betting straight up and basically saying. If a team goes 0 and 8 or, or is it done, bet against the streak straight up. Yeah, I mean, but if you martingaled the, at them yeah. the last nine games, you're, you're bankrupt. You're, yeah, well, you're that's a, a 1 in 512 chance. 0 and 9 ATS. I mean, in general, Random. let's agree to the following is losing against the spread means you're underperforming. Yes. In general, the question becomes does the market stay attentive enough, attentive enough to adjust accordingly? I don't think they had with Carolina with getting Baker in. It makes you feel like it's a new team. There was a new lease on life here, but maybe there's residual issues. And, and maybe you know Carolina's like the most nondescript team in the NFL. It's under the radar. Mm-hmm. People don't pay attention to Carolina. People do pay attention to you know even teams like the Bears much mm-hmm. more. So maybe they can sneakily be sucking and the market's unaware of it compared to a more big market team. I mean, you. I remember like five years ago. There was a baseball umpire that was always an under umpire. Perspect. No, no, but it wasn't that. But then he went over oh. like 20 out of 22 or something. And when it was at 16 or 17, no one even knew it. But then one day it broke through and the market moved like 40 cents. And it, it, like the day before, it didn't matter. And then the memo got out. And it, it got out and boom. So, I mean, to some degree, it shows inefficiencies in the market, but also when lines move is when there's awareness. Exactly. And pursuant to that, 15 seconds, I can't stand that they say, this umpire is 28 and 12 to the over. Who cares? That's randomness. Why don't they just say he's called, he's miscalled this many strikes and this many balls? That's going to tell you whether he's a hitter or a pitcher-friendly umpire. Well, the problem is you're watching baseball. Right out the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Mackenzie tells us the Panthers, 1 and 25 straight up. When allowing 17 or more points. That's Ooh. impossible. Yeah. 
17 is like a great effort. Sam Darnold's been their quarterback for most of that time, so it's so not he, that impossible. Matt Rule never wins a shootout, is that? Or not even a, a shootout, shootout, a he regular never, game. He never wins a, a mediocrity game. Oh, my gosh. Unless he's shutting out the opponent pretty much. That is pretty bad, isn't you it? You give up. I'm sure there's plenty of games they've given up 17, 20, and 21. They should have won half. They should have won more than half those games. Scott, last word on the Tennessee. Since t- 2003, when two winless teams play each other, the underdog, 64% ATS, 66, 37, and 4. Now, that would back the Titans against the Raiders. I like this. Mm-hmm. Now say that one more time slow. Since 2003. All right, so let's lead with the lead. We got two winless teams. Two winless teams. It doesn't matter what – I mean, it can't be the first week. No, obviously. All right, so but is it, oh, yeah. is it 0-1 and 0-1? And Just two winless teams. Okay. Yeah. So one one oh and one would qualify. Yeah. Okay. The underdog, sixty-six, thirty-seven, and four ATS. That's sixty-four percent cover. That's strong. It is strong. My only my only concern is that if the Raiders were catching plus one, we'd be betting on them according to this trend. It's such a it's such a small spread. Wait, so the Raiders? Yeah, okay. But um yeah, I hear you. That it's a catch twenty two though, because th- those numbers are in that system. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it's, it's it runs contrary to think at at at. I was pick them. I, you know, I guess you're I, not I wish it was a four point spread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hear you. I hear you. But if you want to be one way or the other, you want to be on the dog. Yes. But that's a good trend in general. Mackenzie, can you check that? That would be easy, right? You can wins equals zero. Wins uh, opponent wins equals zero. Yeah. Um. See what the 0 and 1 0 and 1 is versus everything else. Or maybe even just break down what you know what the different records are. Cool. But you don't you know once it gets up to 3 or 4 games, it's going to be rare to have two winless teams, so just that bundle all those, you know. You don't have to worry about the breakdowns. I just want 0 and 1 and 0 and 2 and everything else probably. Cool. All right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm always skeptical. Now, if a database only goes back to 2004, then that's when you're going to start it. But whenever you have um, cherry-picked beginning points, and again, if you're doing trends for public consumption and you want people to retweet them, as long as it's true, I think put the trend that's the truth, that sounds good. But if you're trying to bet off it, hmm. you know, you want to be a little more, for you know, I guess discerning. I'm a big consumer of Twitter trends. Well, that's good. It's good for ideas, but, but then yeah, you got to double check. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I scour, I scour the internet for the trends. Damn. <laughs> All right. And he knew the he knew the the three was the lollipop guy. That that was the most impressive thing of the week. Let's be honest. One to hoo hoo. Baltimore, New England. Now this is New England, a home dog plus two and a half. What do we got, Fez? Anything? You know, I like the plus three. I made it one. And now that I, I, I get it. it, you're going to like it. And three and a half you like. I, I Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would still lean to New England. I just think that, you know, the, the, you nailed it. The, the defensive injuries for Baltimore, and I have not gone through the injury report, mm-hmm. but I think that, that if you're evaluating Baltimore's defense based upon their stats year to date, you really got to wait that fourth quarter a whole lot more than, you know, one-eighth of their season. Yeah, so D-backs, we got to look at them for sure. At some point, are we going to ask the question, hardball and injuries? It I mean, happens every year. I, at some point, it's not going Maybe to be. stop playing your guys. 24 and 0 in preseason or yeah, whatever yeah. it is now. Now, yeah. is it me or that safety of theirs that was such a good pick isn't doing so well? Hamilton. Yeah, not, not the, looking. The really slow guy. Yeah, but but wait, that was such a brilliant pick, wasn't it? A plus. Oh, my God. What is with the people? And I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's all Mel Kuypers out of Baltimore is the issue. Here's what I've seen with the Ravens so far. 
the old Ravens never would have given up that fourth quarter lead to the Dolphins because who's the best team with a big lead? The Ravens. They just keep running the they ball, running the ball. They can't, they can't the ball. run. Worth shit. Can't run. Now they can't run, points. so they let teams back in the game. I I don't. I, mean, I keep hearing J.K. Dobbins will be back this week, and then he's not back. I, I don't know if the Ravens can't run the ball. This team is no good. It's, it's really hard to want to back the Ravens when they can't run the ball because that's how they're built. Well, why haven't you picked Baltimore? Why didn't you pick New England? Because the number was two and a half and not three. I don't. I hate to do what Fez did. <laughs> well, but no. But here's see, the funny thing is, like taking two and a half is like fifty two percent. Because people, I mean, look at it. People just, do, oh, I won three, I won three. And laying three well, and a half. What happens if the line's one? It should be one, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Like, why would, I get you won three. I always, I mean, who doesn't want more? But is it a good, you know, what should this line be? Well, I just hate the fact that two hours ago it was three. And now no, it's then, two and a half. That's a different story. No, the, so it was three. This th- morning it was three. Okay. And this, then, after, this afternoon it was two and a half. Then that I can accept. Because, I mean, there's something to the fact that the market was fine with it at three for so long. Yeah. It was actually 3.1 last night. Okay. So, New England. So, maybe it was an injury. I mean, I'm guessing it was injury news for Baltimore. Um, All right. So, here we go with this winless stat real quick. All underdogs are 69 and 38. This is going back to when? Why are we going to 2003? What's the years look like before that? I'll check it out. That's just the, the trend that we were... Yeah, yeah, we want to get to the truth here. Uh, but at least to that those years, all underdogs, like we said, 65%. Owen 1 versus Owen 1, 65%. Everything else, 65%. 65%. Okay, so that's clean. It looks, it looks good. Now, what I want to see is what happened. It was 50-50 before 2003, 89 to 2003. Now, you know something? I can see. But here's the question. How... How was it from 2000 to 2003? If it was like 53%, I'm happy. Hmm. Here's what I think is happening. In general, the public has gotten more involved in the NFL, meaning there's more media, there's more 24-hour this, 24-hour that. So when you have two, in general, if you're betting underdogs, it feels like there's going to be more narratives about how bad the bad teams are and how good the good teams are. I think that the first takes of the world encourages extremes, right? Would we agree with that? One hundred percent. They're trying to make the you know the is this team the best college team ever? Yeah. You know? What which which chunk of media is going to make the rounds and get retweeted? So in the I mo- think I heard that about Georgia today. <laughs> in the modern era of media, it feels oh, like it feels like the team that I can't believe the number he just put up. If, oh, what is it now? <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Fifty-three percent. So now, to me, that tells me that this started changing, right? And then it's a small sample, mm-hmm. but it starts changing, and then it gets better. And I'm guessing two thousand four and five and six is less than sixty-five percent. Just do those three years, because in theory, it's coming from that pool, right? You don't get fired for buying IBM, and you don't get fired as a talk show host to talk about how winless teams suck. Yeah, and and if you have two winless teams, the one's even worse. They're going to be getting killed, yes. I think. So I don't know. It feels like it makes some sense. Yeah. I mean? yeah. But if, if I can predict this in four, five, and six, or three, four, and five, mm-hmm. then it's a little bit of a Houdini right here. You know, Houdini got killed by getting punched in the stomach. Yeah, I do. Think about that for it a second. Has nothing to do with being handcuffed underwater. What was it? That contributed. A little too good. 
77 percent 2004 to 2004. damn it heated up wait i entered the media in 2004 no <laughs> yeah, kind of. No, 2006. All right. Voice of Vegas. Next, <laughs> next what game, what do we got? Trevor Lawrence. So we, we don't hear. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. I don't know what to do with New England. I tell you this. I said it last. Oh, I said it Monday. I'll say it one more time. And by the way, we're going to be doing this Monday show every Monday. It comes out Tuesday. But we're going to split it to two shows. One is going to be the look back. And one, is, you know, where we re recap. And the next one is going to be the look ahead with the line moves. And Fez, I think we should give some line move predictions on that show. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe. Then we can get New England plus three. And you know what else I think we Yeah. And you know what else we should do? We're going to give our lines. I think I did predict that on we're our gonna, show. We're going to give. I think you did too. We're going to give our lines on the look ahead games that are coming out on Tuesday. So we'll give our lines cold with no, yes. with no market out there. And see how we I do like against it. the market. Good. All right. So, oh, this is what I think in New England. I think against teams that are not modern, they're not playing the Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, Pittsburgh is fair to say, but I think there's a lot of teams that aren't modern, not going for every fourth down. They're not like um, running, letting you run against them, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that, that the non-modern teams, Belichick is very comfortable and they win. I think against the modern teams, he doesn't have the horses for that. Hmm. And, and the speed of those teams. and Because when he has rock fights, think about it. Rock fight against Dallas last year, should have won that game. And Dallas was good last year. Rock fight against Tampa, Tampa. should have won that game. Bad weather, good. It, it, exactly, against Buffalo. But, but when you get into the modern era, I don't think the game's passing by. I think you give Belichick those players, you're fine. New England's been drafted, at least until recently, at the bottom of the draft for 20 years. So don't make him play against Mahomes. Yeah. Well, though, that's interesting because I think that's next week's game, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think it is. Is with Mahomes. Ravens, Packers next. Uh, uh, and then Lions, Browns, Bears. No, no, but what I'm saying is next, who's New England playing That's next? what I'm talking about. New England plays the, at the Packers next week. Oh, the, oh, oh, that okay, that game. And that, then Lions at Browns. Okay. Um, let me see. Chiefs yeah. not on their schedule this year. Why did I think it was Chiefs? Huh. Sorry about that. Okay. Jets are, though. Oh, they got Jets twice in, before week 11. Oh, they can crush the Jets. For sure. Okay. Uh, but another thing. I don't. I think Baltimore is not a modern team, even though they are analytically. They play old school, hmm. and remember, it was a weather game last time. Don't forget, if you look at this last time Baltimore played New England, it was crazy. Remember, it was a Sunday night game. That weather. I think again. Remember, New England and Baltimore hate each other. Remember when Belichick came out and did the thing in the playoff game in which he had, like, linemen lined yeah, up out. he manipulated the rules, yeah. Well, no, he followed, he followed the, rules. the rules. Yeah, he was the only one that knew it. He Har had, Harbaugh manipulates the rules also. Yeah. But, but Harbaugh does it kind of dumb. Belichick <laughs> does it smart. Yeah, and Harbaugh was like, it's not fair. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, he's yeah, crying yeah, after. Yeah. And apparently, the, uh, Har I think this is right, it was Harbaugh, mm, there's something with the deflate gate It wouldn't have happened oh. if it wasn't for Harbaugh. But I can't remember exactly the detail. So maybe it's not true, but I think it is. I don't like Harbaugh at all, any of them. I don't like the dad. What do you if they think? have any kids, what I do don't care. This, what do you think of the odor? 
I, well, I think, yeah, Michigan, Harbaugh smells. You don't think John smells? Just uh, compared to his brother, no. Okay. <laughs> like, you know how if there's two smells but one strong, you, it overpowers it? But if it was just, if Harbaugh walked in here, the, the one from Baltimore would uh-huh. be like, <coughs> yeah. But if Jim walked in, we wouldn't be able to be in the room. I would leave anyway. Well, first of all, they ain't, they're not getting past security, first of all. I'm concerned. I didn't shower today. I just jumped in the pool. That's a common thing with you, Buzz, isn't it? I, it's very normal when I get busy. So my point is, I think New England, I, I kind of like New England here. I don't love it, but I like it. Somehow I got talked off of it. It would have been my, my best bet. Just no, like I'm talking about last week. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying he made such a compelling argument that I was debating McKenzie on it by text, and I was using his argument. Mm. And then I said, sneaky. He still played New England, right, in the contest? No. No. Mm. No. Mm. McKenzie did in our contest. Mm -hmm. But, well, that's good, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean— I mean, you guys played the Rams, or you guys I couldn't played t- I'm saying I couldn't talk him off of it. <laughs> oh, I, what was the line? The the line was moving towards three, right? Yeah, two and a half, and then went up to three. But I don't think it was it, w- it was two and a half flat when we put these in, right? McKay, it wasn't moving that way, was it? It was two and a half flat, very very late move to three Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So I w- if I would have gotten some value on, yep. it, my thought was one more time because this is important. My thought was this. Could the line really be three? Meaning, I'm thinking if the bet at two and a half, you got to think it's supposed to be three. Mm-hmm. And then you're barely, at that point, you're break even, right? Yeah. 20 cents, right? Yeah. So you got to think it's three minus a 20. Never went to three. Went to 2.9. But, but what I'm saying yeah. is, 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 is I don't see how you could have made the case that it should have been three minus 20. And there not, and there's no way. Yeah. So I, I didn't see where the value was. There, there, I mean, maybe there was in hindsight because it didn't move up to two. But seeing a two and a half at market thinking, is it going to three? You would have guessed not, right? No. But remember, Belichick off a double-digit loss like that has a massive trend on his side. Mm. But looking at the game, I mean, what do you think the final should have? Well, let's quick. Depends if you're going to count the 35-yard touchdown pass to Aguilar as an unpredictable contingent event. No, I don't don't do that because then you— You really should, though. No, I shouldn't. Because, he catches that one and four. But, but Fez, we, we have this argument every week. You can't do that cherry pick when you do that. you got to look at— Well, I uh, should do it on every play, but exactly. I'm too lazy to go then, through then it. Then don't do, do it on play. any play. But well, I, the scoring plays are so much easier to notice. Right, so the average New England win was 5.4 points. Um, a lot of it was the yardage stuff. Nine points on yards, eight points on YPP. Um, Kevin Cole says five. Yeah, shredded the Pittsburgh run defense, which I thought was decent. You and you, you educated me on mm. that. That that's a big liability, actually. Yeah, I think. Listen, all of a sudden the narrative. What? What? I mean, I guess the offenses weren't great, but this is how Belichick went. I mean, this is how he won before Brady was Brady. Yeah. All right, next game. What is it, AJ? Jags plus seven at the Chargers. Okay, I was I, thinking Chargers here a little bit. Lean. I, I have a theory on this. this Let this, me think. Herbert's great. Well, this was ten, and I think that obviously the the now that it's seven, it's all questions on Herbert's injury. So when was it ten? Uh, last week. Last week. I showed nine. Look ahead. I showed nine. Oh, okay. Well, I saw ten, but probably so, probably so, was at both. Okay, that's fair. So you know what we should do? Mackenzie puts out a sheet every day with the line moves. I think we should all talk off of that. Hmm. Um, at least for the pod and stuff. But go ahead. So the number drops to seven. 
I assume it's questions, is is Herbert going to play or not? But obviously, if Herbert wasn't going to play, this game would be closer to three than than seven. Like, the, the drop-off from... So who's the backup? For, Chase Daniel is the backup. So you think they'd be favored by three? With Chase Daniel? Yeah. Does that not track to you? Well, I mean, first off, what was the line before the injury? So the look ahead you're saying was 10. Now, what's the other adjustments that could be made? Jacksonville has to get upgraded. Right, probably a point and a half, uh, at least a point, right? Faz, a point and a point half. Point and a half. Okay. So, I mean, they look but let's great. say if we're coming off a, we're coming off a nine, though, right? Call it nine and a half. All right. So bring it to eight right there, right? Because they were nine and a half point dog. Now they're going to be an eight point dog because they got upgraded. Yes. Chargers, you could go flat, I think, before the injury. Maybe a half point. You give them a half point for losing against KC? Yes. Maybe. Okay. Yes. So bring it to eight and a half. Seven and a half. No. Oh, no, eight and a half. You're right. All right, eight and a half. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And um, so now it's eight and a half. I think the Lions pick them if Herbert's out at that point. Oof. And that line has no – that line has no – nothing built in it right now at eight and a half about Herbert. So no build in. Right. So, I mean, he's worth – I mean, you're moving through – I guess you're going through seven and three. I got to tell you, though, he might be his value. I mean, Daniels is horrible. You know, I, I got a bad number on Chase Daniels. I'm not confident in my backup quarter. I got him at minus two and a half, which is two, two. I don't think it's horrible. I think it's a good backup. Where did he ever show that? I mean, I go back to having – I said this about Cooper Rush. Having experience playing, you know, as a starter I think is a big deal. And I know Chase Daniels started many games. But has he won any of them? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, here's two what and three I, career, two and three. He, here's what I two and three. Hmm. Where did he win a game at? One and one Chicago, 2018. Yeah. Oh, I remember that now. Where they were thinking he might be better than than uh, well, Trubisky. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the. I mean, he's got to be seven. I mean, it, I can tell you this: there's no chance it's six and a half points. None. None. Yeah, I got I got Herb. Yeah, oh, Her- oh, 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 oh. What? I just had an epiphany. Mm-hmm. I only have Herbert. I only have it being a five-point downgrade. That's but, wrong. No, no, no. Let me finish. It's mm-hmm. right. It's because I've downgraded Herbert. I made yeah, Herbert. But what I'm saying because, is. Because I know if he plays, he's not 100%. See, so I downgrade him a but point that proves half. that proves why the way you do it is wrong. You need an offset there. And yeah. then you can. Because then at least you know why you did it, right? Yes. Because normally Herbert's four points better than the average quarterback. But now I only have him as two and a half. Because if he plays, I'm going to downgrade him a point and a half. But in the hypothetical we were just doing, we were assuming no adjustment yet for Herbert. Now we're going to adjust for him. Yes. Right? So when it was eight and a half, I think it landed, right? Uh, after we did all those back right. and so I'll make him. I'll make the line seven now. If Herbert plays, if he but, doesn't but, play, then boom, it goes down another five. Yeah. So you, and thus you're saying it should be like below three. It should be like one or two at that point. Yes. So I I think it'd be more towards one or pick him. He thinks more towards one or two. Okay. I so I would that, lean towards you because just looking at the way at the well, market, you're, you're pointing on radio. Well, I'm leaning more towards RJ. It's <laughs> the, the the way that the market reacted to and the adjustment that was made with Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I think well, Cooper be, Rush was considered a, a disastrous backup for some reason. Sure, but I also think Justin Herbert's better than Dak Prescott. I agree. That's and true. so I think the the reaction would be similar, if not more. I'm curious. You said two and a half points better. Like Her- Herbert lessened is two and a half points better than an average quarterback. What range does that put him in? Like who who are his peers? Tied for third, Burrow, Watson, Rogers. I got I got I got it through the roof. Okay. All right, so, and again, you got Herbert through the rug. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so 
Let's think about this, though. Eight and a half is what we think the line would be if there wasn't an injury. And the line right now is? Seven. Okay. So that makes sense. There's some adjustment, which there's a small chance he doesn't play. I think that's tiny. It's Is he going to be compromised? They yes. say that it's just pain tolerance at this yeah. point. And he's a, he, yeah, he's a tough he, kid. Herbs. They give him a shot. And you, you know, there was one, there, saying that instead of me. I'm going to disagree with this. There's, so there's one play. We all saw it, I think, actually. When he was running and he, he pumped fake he's and running, then he didn't a, go for the first it's, down. It's a critical in point in the game. Yes. yes, third down and one. And he and and like I could have gotten the first down, and he and he's like since starts, the weight loss, yeah, since the weight loss, and he and he like winces, he grabs with his left hand, he grabs the ribs with his right hand, he just spikes the ball into the ground, like screw this, he I can't deal with it. And that was so bad. And then what happened the next play? He, yeah, ran he threw, threw a forty-yard dart into coverage <laughs> on a post. But pattern. here's the thing: you got to realize when you have a guy that is tough, it's obvious he's tough. Do that? Do you think he became a wimp, or do you think the pain was so much he didn't have a choice? The pain was so much he didn't have a choice. So okay. I, so I think he, he's going to be unable. I think he'll be fine in the pocket, but I don't think he's going to be unable to throw on the run. All right. But so, that was also immediately after the injury. Now he's going through a week of treatment, painkillers, whatever. I don't, but I don't know if you can do treatment on it. On supposedly, no, you just wait. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly, it's like the 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 cartilage is off the bone. Is oh, what they're saying. I like ribs. Yeah. Though. I tell you this. This is, and then we got to move on. One time I slept on my arm wrong. Okay, I swear to God, I did some kind of dislocation. It was two weeks. Every time I turned one way, I winced. I mean, it was. And it, it, I'm sure it was the tiniest little tiny. Oh, imagine if you sneezed. They, they, yeah. yeah, they say if you sneeze with like a broken rib, you like feel like you got to go. I to broke ER. a rib, and like you could feel it digging into them. Like it was snapped off, and you could feel it digging into the cartilage. And the doctor, like once he put it back in place, he just said, "Now you just wait." There's literally nothing you can do. It's you just wait. And you were fighting the next day. You were training. Right? No, but Mackenzie, no, can I you check? Is there a, is, is there a rushing yard prop on him? Because I don't think he's going to rush at all. All right, next game. That would be Dallas and the New York Football Giants. All right. So I talked about the Giants a little bit on Straight Out of Vegas AM as a guest uh, commentator, I guess. Um, Thank you for joining us. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. I, I'm actually a fan of the show. I'm a fan of the show. The po Very well produced, this show. <laughs> I think that I don't know anything about this game because how do you handle Rush? How do you go from being so bad to now considered where you have Phil Simms saying he's as good as Dak? On mm -hmm. one game. Well, it was last – remember now, last year he won, right? What was that, Minnesota. at Minnesota? Yeah. So now he's 2-0, and and you look at it, it, it feels a lot like Tom Brady in a way. He shows up. Remember, when, when, when uh, Bledsoe went down, it was like disaster time. Here comes the 199th pick. Then again, does the fallen star theory come in where the te whole team just rises up and like the O-line plays out of their minds and opens up holes to help the offense and it only happens? Is that what happened, though? Yes. I mean, that is what, that how is did what Cooper Rush, what was his stats? Uh, stats were good, but the, well, then but, that's well, they're blowed. But the the running game was so good, but, it opens but, it up. Come on, I mean, uh, it, the running game helps the passing, yeah. But again, if you got good stats, you gotta get credit for them. Yeah. Well, and got, the running game was good week one, so maybe I know it's hard to believe, but maybe Dallas's running game is just better than we thought the it running was. Running game good against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was I don't know the stats. I thought it was better I mean, than anything, we expected. Anything decent. Yeah, it's at some point just pull up the numbers and then we can share, you know, I'm ready to hear them. Go well, ahead. they they averaged I don't they averaged 3.8 yards per play, so it's hard to Elliot like, had 5 yards a carry yeah, on the broadcast made a big deal about. What was the, what was the team rush yards per play? 
Aggressive. Well, you just said 3.8, didn't you? No, that was all, all, all plays, not rush yards. Oh, oh In Jesus week Christ. two, it was four yards a carry. Man. And in week one, it was... Uh, so four yards of carries with the big holes? That's same, below same league th- average. Same, same thing, 3.9. Yeah. Well, listen, 3.9 against uh, Tampa is is good. Let's start there. Tampa yeah. has the best rush D. Yep. So if AJ had his numbers, he'd be right. right. But I tell you this, you're wrong if you're saying 4.0 against Cincinnati ain't all that good. It's below league average, right? 4. Yeah, 4. 4. 3 now? Yeah. Here's some anti-Giants numbers. Uh, uh, oh, geez, he's everyone, saying this with a tight Everyone throw. wants to talk about Kirk Cousins and, and how he performs poorly in primetime. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones on Thursday night football and Monday night football, 0-8, 12 interceptions and three fumbles. Yeah, but how much of that is he's just playing better teams? Sure. Primetime yeah. games, they, they schedule the good teams on primetime yeah, games. That's what happens yeah. usually. That's but, straight but, up, right? That's straight up, yeah. He's 0-5 on, on Monday night football. We talk about Carolina being 0-2, but they're really 0-0-2. Mm-hmm. Well, the Giants are the flip side. They're 2-0, but they're really also 0-0-2. Two coin flips, they won them both. I think we got to dial Fez back a little. Where's the, where, is there a dial anywhere? What do you mean? Because it, it's like you're doing these pauses. You're going, and they are 0-0-2. <laughs> I copied that off of you. Uh, but you, you got to be judicious. Well, think about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't – I mean, what was, here's the question. Cincinnati last week in Dallas, seven. Okay, right? Yeah. Now, Dallas is playing the Giants, and they're better than the Giants. So we talked about this earlier. Since he then, in theory, if they were playing the Giants in New York, would be what nine? Yeah, doesn't doesn't feel right. It doesn't, does I don't. It? I don't think so. Dallas. Dallas has been adjusted significantly. Well, think about it right yeah. now. Look at what Cincy is against the Jets. I don't have. What is Cincy again? Okay, okay. They're laying five. Since he's laying five on the road against the Jets. So this makes sense to me. The idea last week, the perception was Dallas was less than the Jets. I think that was the perception. Jets are like third worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I think Dallas was the worst team without Dallas. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying this upgrade. I've got the Giants Boy. slightly, slightly could better. You, could you ever imagine the Giants after a miracle game one and in and, and week two getting like you know, in statistically beat but still winning, somehow being a pick in week three as a favor? Mm. I no. mean, what I'm saying? No, they'd be laying the, – the, 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 the look ahead was four. The Giants were minus four, so we have upgraded so we Cooper Rush. So we knew Dak was out. Yeah, we knew right. Dak was out. Giants winning the game, man, it's hard to say Hard they to downgrade them. Oh, yeah, hard to downgrade them, but hard to upgrade them. Yeah, definitely hard to upgrade them. So that keeps Call the line the same. So all of this adjustment is Dallas upgraded three points. Yeah, so four-point upgrade to Dallas. Four-point, because the line was what before? Four, Giants minus four. Now Dallas is laying one. We went through the zero, so I took a point off. Okay, but Dallas is plus one in the Super Contest. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. All right, so we do the math? So it's a three-point move. But through three? Through the three, yeah. So you could say a four-point move. That's what I thought you were doing to start with. That would have been... Correct, as opposed to what I did, which was incorrect. <laughs> and how? Well, it's easy if you're if I'm not talking because I can. When I'm wrong, I just don't say anything. Is um, uh, what did you adjust Dallas uh, upgrade with the quarterback? One second. Because four is a lot. Two points. Okay, so that's the value. Effectively, that's why you like the Giants. Yes. And and Scott likes that. I'm with it. Do you think they're a playoff team? They have a 63% chance, according to history. 
Who has a 63% chance? I'll give you even money. I'll give you even money. Make the playoffs since since 2000, 63% of the time. Do you want to bet RJ? He's there plus 110 right now to make the playoffs. That's the RJ's giving you plus not. Okay. Okay. The Giants are plus I'll 110 you, to make the playoffs right now. I'll They're give you minus pl- 140 not to make I'll playoffs. give you plus 110. I'll give you more. You want to do it? With, you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. 300? Well, that's our default bet here. Yeah, I'll do it. You want to look at this Well, now, now based on the historical hold on, trends. Hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on with the historical trends. Minus, RJ's one, locked in at plus 110. I will give you plus 120. Whoa. Can I bet it at plus 120? No, you can't just I scout. Can hedge no, out. You can't just scout. You, why would you scalp out a winner? Yeah. Pretty funny. He just, he just blocked in a profit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, here's what's interesting. The Giants are not making the playoffs. Well, the Giants are listen, bad. Well, they have if you the, really think that, you should be laying 140 yeah, like listen, crazy. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL. We know that. That's a good true. point. And they're already 2-0, and and I gave you those trends, that 63%. That doesn't factor in. There's an extra wild card team now. So the 63% has to go up a That's little a, bit, now right? That, that is the dream music. Give them the dream music. The, 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 for no the, time. Oh, no okay. time to play. That is a great point, side Let's keep total. Going. Is there any other games? Is there, That's it. Okay. So, guys. Oh, go ahead. You guys on? No, I want you to give us a Thursday night thing so we could use it on. Yeah, but we're still on air. Okay. All right. Edit, edit. <laughs> One, two, three. No, 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 no. no. So we're, we're, this is going to show you guys. You want to hear the Thursday game? There's one place in the world to get it. Straight out of Vegas AM, same feed. Give these guys a chance. I know they seem a little goofy sometimes. Thank you. But the beauty of it? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was good. That was like Mr. Bill kind of thing. Give it a listen. It's only like a quick 40 and we're doing all kind of fun stuff where they're going to be, uh, we're going to be judging. When they have a disagreement, we judge them. Fed sometimes, me sometimes. I'm in the lead. One zero. One zero. Oh, he thought they were a playoff team. Oh, yeah. So you got the plus one ten. Yeah. He got the my. Well, you know. Hey, he's a. He, at least he. At least he has a heart that's involved in these games. I didn't know you were a Bills fan for like six months before. You know, after they. I'm lied. emotionally detached for the most. Except part. somehow not because well, the Bills are good for the first time in like <laughs> since I was 12 years old. So if you want more of that, straight out of Vegas AM, Fez, let's take us out. Hey, hey, let's be careful out there. Talk to you, well, every day now pretty much on this feed.